0: Welcome to Trove Talk, your weekly gaming and getting to know you podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Starkey from trevortrove.com. And joining me this week, I have none other, the most stoked, Danny Juarez. How you doing, Danny?
1: Hi, I'm doing well, dude. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, just kind of chilling. Oh, it was a, we I celebrated, uh, like we said, had a big old family uh, celebration today for my grandmother's 79th birthday, Denny's. Dude.
1: She's getting, he's almost an eighty, dude.
0: Oh yeah, yep. Um, so that was uh, that was a good time. Um, what did you
1: get at Denny's?
0: At, what did I get at Denny's? I got the uh, the peanut butter. It was a like peanut butter pancake thing. Uh, it was basically like pancakes that were chocolate and white chocolate chips, uh, and then drenched in fudge and peanut butter, like drizzled peanut butter sauce on top. Mm-hmm um oh my god it was so rich and uh <laughs> and then like it came with eggs and and bacon and uh and hash browns so just a yeah. kind of a, a breakfast brunchy yeah denny's denny's kind of day um yeah my every as time it could ever be oh yeah every time every time we go cuz it's like it'll be um me my sister her husband um and then my my parents and then my grandmother and aunt uh, that's pretty much like the family lunch crew and mm-hmm. anytime like fast food works fine. Cause we can just all order at our, at our own thing. Anytime we go to a restaurant, I want to blow my brains out because of how particular <laughs> everybody is and how just like,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. I, I feel you. That's why I don't like going to dinner with my parents. Cause I'm just like, can you please just order something and enjoy it? Like, please. Yeah. I, and mean, like that. when they start like picking things and asking waiter for things like can I return this I'm like I don't want to be here with you right now <laughs>
0: yeah or uh, like my family like my aunt and my mom in particular will uh, they will just engulf as much diet coke as they can and so they will constantly be like calling the waitress over for like refills and stuff and I'm just like yeah like don't just don't go as quick like they at, out the gate they will be like oh and just give us a carafe of, of diet coke because we're gonna be drinking a lot of it and i'm like oh yeah. my god, so embarrassing
1: <laughs> <laughs> mommy needs her juice
0: yeah well, uh, so for those of you that don't know about the show, uh, this is a Trove Talk where we, uh, I invite a guest on, and we talk about their gaming history, we talk about their favorite game, we talk about something completely outside of the realm of gaming, and then we answer your questions in, in, uh, in a segment called the, the Trove Topics. So, uh, so without further ado, Danny, uh, let's go ahead and talk about your gaming history. How did you get into gaming? What, what, kind of, what was your journey from little baby Danny to the adult Dan Juarez? <laughs>
1: To 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 grown Dan, Uh man,
0: yes, Honestly, shirt I just... see.
1: Oh yeah, represent. That's my like one of my favorite games of all time. Um, but yes, it starts with like my sister growing up. Um, we had a like we had a Super Nintendo, but I specifically remember just watching her play her Sega Genesis all the time, and um,
0: this is an older my sister?
1: sister was like, yeah, older sister, um, older by like eleven years. Okay. um i just remember watching her growing up like she was the first speedrunner i had ever that ever existed to me <laughs> i would watch her speed run sonic 1 2 3 and sonic and knuckles every day she played those games and like i would see her bounce from world one all the way to the last boss and just beat it and she would just do that nonstop. and so i remember i grew up playing sonic a lot because of that and um that's what kicked it off they like we had the Sega Genesis, and we played Sonic, and then I remember we played Jurassic Park all the time, and then we played the Lion King game, which that game is a pain in the ass to play. Um, <laughs> one of the one one of the great scenes is, like, it's during the Stampede, and yep. you don't see them coming forward or behind you, so it's like, there's no way of beating that game. Like, people tell me as like, bullshit. That's like telling me you beat Battletoads. No, you didn't.
0: I, I mean, I did both. It's a matter of just memorizing the patterns. Uh, it was easier, uh, significantly easier on uh, Super Nintendo, though as i recall oh
1: yeah um so growing up playing that even vector man i remember and then i can't think of this game but people talk about it uh where like you are playing as like a greek and you turn into uh, altered beast or altered reality or something like that where okay. you like the gods would turn you into these different beasts in different levels but that was my second genesis era and then like i finally was like hey i have the super nintendo and it's sitting here just collecting dust I should buy games for it, and, uh, and that's when like I started playing like Super Mario Brothers, um, Donkey Kong, and all the great Nintendo games back then. Uh, but I never played like Super Metroid or anything like that growing up. Like that was never in my catalog till I was older. Um, but I never considered my sisters because they were my brothers and sisters that had just had them already. Um, it wasn't until like the Nintendo 64 came out when I had my actual own system um so I remember getting it for Christmas and the first game I think I played on it was uh, Super Mario 64 and that was the first game that I ever actually like beat by myself and I remember like I'd sit through there and memorize the worlds and memorize where the stars and all the blue coins were and how to do all the challenges um and that's why I would say I was a Nintendo kid growing up because I played that nonstop. uh I'm a big fan of uh, Diddy Kong Racing. I think it's the superior kart racing game, even better than Mario Kart.
0: That's fair. Were you the... No, somebody else tweeted that out last night. Oh, Brian. Um, uh, Brian Wright's code tweeted that out last night and got some traffic. Because I, I agree. Um, Diddy Kong Racing is a is a solid uh, entrant in that genre. Uh, yeah. Better, better than, yeah, Mario Kart 64.
1: Yeah. And, like, I like playing Mario Kart 64, because that's, like, the thing to play with friends, is, like, let's play Mario Kart if you have a genre 64. It still holds up, but it's no Diddy Kong racing. Mm. Um, but yeah, and then diving into like Legend of Zelda or Carina of Time that was my first Zelda game because I never played it on the NES. Um, and so you know, all the great Nintendo titles from there. Uh, and then it was when my brother was my brother had moved out of my parents' house and he lived in the apartments, um, the way that like, we used to live here. Was there was like this brick wall that went to another apartment complex, and he lived there. And I climbed the wall over his house, and he got a PlayStation, and that's when I was introduced to PlayStation. And I remember I'd watch him play Resident Evil Two. Um, I watched him play both Claire and uh, and Leon's story, and mm-hmm. that was like the first time where I was like, "Oh man, games have a story. Games are spooky." <laughs> um, <laughs> Like I think specifically the one scene is when you go into the BPRD uh, the warehouse where the the police place and like you see the lick, the liquor for the first time and it's like licks your face and you have to like shoot it down and kill a bunch of them and I got scared as a kid I remember I watched a and I just keep a blanket over my head. Um,
0: oh, I'm not a I'm not a spooky person so I haven't like I haven't played any of the Resident Evils. Uh, we talked uh, uh, in one of the episodes a couple weeks ago of like uh, scary moments in games and like Gone yeah. Home has a couple like has a very eerie sensibility to it. And that like freaked me out. Uh, there's yeah. like a moment in there where like a light bulb popped and and I like, was like, Nope, I'm done. And I didn't play gone <laughs> home for, for two or three years. So yeah, spooky games are not going to be my bread and butter. Um, like I'm tempted to try and dive into like uh rush of dawn or rush of blood until Red dawn blood. in VR. Um, but I know that that would probably kill me. I probably would like just die in the VR headset because, of the jump scares and the spookiness.
1: Yeah, I played that at CS last year, and I remember they put me down. I had the headset on, and I guess at the end of it, my hands were shaking, but I like wasn't even scared, but like my body was for some reason.
0: <laughs> hmm. it's Which a is a response.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So then, growing up, he had the PlayStation, and then he bought me Crash Bandicoot. And I remember playing Crash Bandicoot One, and then Crash Bandicoot Two, and then Crash Bandicoot Warped. And then I also played Spyro the Dragon. And those were like two of the main games I played on the PlayStation a lot. And then this is when it kind of like, my brother passed away when I was eight years old. And when he passed away, the PlayStation kind of became mine because, you know, he was gone. And uh, I cherished it a lot because it was like the one thing I had of him to remember. And then I bought, I remember uh, PlayStation Underground, we were signed up for it and I used to get the demo discs all the time. And on the one demo disc was Metal Gear Solid, and I don't know why that game like the 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 demo disc uh, the demo for Metal Gear Solid was just the first level of Shadow Moses of you arriving and then you getting uh, into Shadow Moses and after the demo ends and for some reason I would replay that all the time and I kept saying to my parents like this is the game that I want for my birthday this is the game that I want for my birthday and they finally got it for me and that was the first time that like. A lot of people thought, like, Max Goba said, like, that was when I realized video games were important and that they can tell a compelling story and that there are emotions here. But that game really drew me where I was like, there is something, like, even though I was young, I knew that I was like, there's something special about this game and it matters. And I couldn't put my finger on it then, but now I do obviously know how how much Hideo Kojima has evolved that series and the legacy that it has behind it now. Uh, But yeah, from the PS1 era, uh, I... I remember after the PS1 era, I had gotten a GameCube before I got a PlayStation 2. And then GameCube, uh, I played uh, Luigi's Mansion and Super Smash Bros. all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think Luigi's Mansion is one of the best IPs Nintendo's ever had and that they need to
0: do better by it. (laughs) They just... (laughs) Luigi just never sells as well for them. Dude,
1: the Luigi Dark Mansion on the 3DS sucked. And I was like, how could you do this to him? (laughs) You gave him. You gave him a year of Luigi, and you didn't put out a good Wii U version of, like, a new Luigi's Mansion on Wii U. You put a three D S three D S one that sucked.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, nobody would have bought it if it'd been on Wii U either.
1: That is true. Nintendo, please put a new Luigi's Mansion on the Switch. Um, <laughs> but uh, that was the time of like. Uh, I didn't have the PS2, but I kept seeing all these JRPGs for it. And I was like, oh, like these look interesting. And that's when I kind of fell back into my PS1. And I had picked up titles of Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII, Final Fantasy IX, Ark the Lad, Breath of Fire. And I don't know what triggered it, but like, I'm in love with JRPGs. Um, and so around that time, I was just playing my PS1 until one day my parents got me a PS2. And the second I got a PS2, the first two games I bought for it, Kingdom Hearts One and Final Fantasy Ten,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and you were changed forever.
1: And that's where, like, I am obsessed with JRPGs. I will play anyone that comes out. I'll give any JRPG a chance. Um, like, they need to make uh, legend. They need to remake Legends of Dragoon or re- make a new one. Uh, they need to either remake Legends of Lagaya and. Screw Legends of the Guy too. that one sucked, but the first one's amazing. Um, so the PS2 era then came, like, it was, like, JRPGs, all these random ones that would just come out for some reason on PS2, because they were like, hey, they're doing well in Japan, let's just push them out in America now. Yeah. And so I'd pick up every JRPG I could. Um, and then I remember Metal Gear Solid 2 came out, and I was like, this is it. This is the end-all, be-all of PS2 games. Like, <laughs> and that's what I had thought at the time um so marisol 2 comes out uh it does really well uh people are upset because you plays right in the whole time and not a snake but i was just like all right this is cool and then i get to the end game i'm like all right like you know what's gonna happen america solid 3 so then ps2 era, that and then god of war comes out and even though a lot of people will say like kratos isn't a compelling character that first game is like really kind of like made you care about him a bit about like his of his doing but i would say god of war 2 and 3 dragged out
0: the story oh it's uh, yeah the kratos and and cloud from final fantasy 7 i think both suffer from like they're good in their initial games and then anything else that has like played with them gets the character all wrong
1: yeah totally um but then the funny part is I had this PS2 for the longest time because that was probably the, the longest console cycle that it's been through in my life. And I think in general, right? It hasn't hasn't that been like the longest console cycle, that in the Xbox?
0: Yeah, I mean, more more or less. Uh, well, the Xbox came in like a yeah. year or two or a couple years into it. So it it had a... Yeah. a the, the Xbox, the original Xbox was only like a four or five year cycle before the 360 came along. But the PS2, yeah, continued yeah. because it sold 100 million units, continued selling. Um, I mean, it's... Like, I look at like the Wii just got like Just Dance Seventeen came out for it, and that's basically been like re- replaced by its successor for four years, and it's still getting games because of how many people have it. So, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the 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 PS2 and the Wii are probably the the most prolific of the the systems. But yeah, like the PS2 yeah. had like thirty five hundred games or something created for it. I think yeah, I heard recently. That's insane
1: yeah um so around the ps2 right when the xbox comes out my i have this nephew named james who's the same age as me because we were born a week apart um he moves here to vegas and he's an xbox player so he brings his xbox and so around the cycle i had a ps2 and an xbox and we switch off because he wanted to play gta so he played gta on my ps2 and i watching him play gta like three in, in vice city kind of like in san andreas like series i am not a fan of gta no, by means, I think it's terrible. I will never. It's like, I think they're one. It's, you know, Rockstar's amazing title that they revolutionized in open world games because of it, but it's not a title that I would ever care about to play because um, of him watch, watching him play because he was totally something that was about the violence of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, it totally turned me off to the series completely. Um, but around that time, I had all my friends who were all big Xbox players, and they were just like, dude, Halo is the fucking game. And so I, I remember I was like, mom, take me to Toys R Us right now. We're buying Halo because I have an Xbox. <laughs> um, and that starts off, I think, my shooter craze because I didn't care much for shooters during the PS2 era. I was totally like an action-adventure J4G person during that time of those like that era. But the Xbox opened up Halo for me. And I remember playing that, and then Ninja Gaiden I played, which it's – I always t- ask people like, "What's the hard What's the game that you've always played or that you've beaten that people tell you that game's hard? Like I've never beaten it." And for me, it's always Ninja Gaiden and Devil May Cry three when they first came out. Because people always say those games were too hard. I never beat them. And I was like, I beat that when I was like a teenager. Like I don't think it's that hard.
0: Yeah, but- it's the same. Like Mega Man. Like when we're when we're younger, we have much more time for those like tough games to just play them and and beat them. Uh, or, pl- like, play through them bit by bit until we get good at them and, and beat them. Just like Battletoads. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. I will never be Battletoads. I will never go back to it, I will never put myself through that suffering. Um, but, yeah, so that starts off my shooter craze and Halo. And I think I just played a lot of Halo on the Xbox because uh, that was the only title I cared for at the time that was like an Xbox exclusive. Uh, and then I remember specifically Halo 2 comes out. And my parents buy me and my nephew both the Master Chief collection with the helmet on it uh, version, and we each got the helmets, and we both got our own disc. And my mom was like, "All right, you guys can skip school tomorrow." And I was like, "Hell yeah, we're staying up all night and we're gonna beat this freaking game tonight." Um, and that was like, you know, the good days of like co-op couch shooters, and I like we just spent all night playing halo 2 and the next day and we beat it and i remember we went to school and i was like do you guys beat halo 2 like no i was like losers this is what happens
0: <laughs> oh you're you were a dick okay
1: i mean oh, not yeah, much I has changed there but <laughs> yeah, yeah now now i don't spoil games. now i try to keep it on wraps uh, but i remember uh beating that and that kind of ends my xbox time and i go back to the ps2 uh finish off final fantasy 10 and kingdom hearts and i remember just falling in love with those games and then my friends had known as known so, me as like so you
0: like you had those games but you hadn't like beaten them before jumping over to x yeah so and...
1: like i yeah so i remember playing them the first time and i had gotten as far as uh in kingdom hearts one you get to um the whale stomach the pinocchio level and mm-hmm. i got stuck there and i was like i'm done with this and then i remember uh in final fantasy 10 i got to uh the wedding yuna's wedding with uh seymour and i put it down after that so i had just come back to them to finish them and then that started that started back my like jrpg love again and i had bought in dot hack had just came out Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i watched the anime the game seems cool so i bought dot hack and that game like People will always say, like, oh, Mass Effect's so brilliant in the idea of that you continue your save and whatever decisions you make follows through the next game. And I was like, dude, have you not played Dot .hack yet? Like, that game, you, your save stays, all the characters' interactions, you make, and they follow through to the second game, and the third game, and the fourth game.
0: Yeah, it was one of those weird, like, obscure titles that we bonded over, um, not, uh, like a while back, where it was like, uh, like, I had a friend of mine that went to E3, um, the summer between my junior and senior year of high school. And when he came back, um, like we were, I mean, we weren't even like really great friends. We were like acquaintances that had done some theater and we were in choir together and stuff, but like he knew I like video games. And so he brought back like a lot of the swag that he got. And he gave me a demo disc for the, the first dot, dot hack, .dot hat infection. And uh, I was like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, cool. You got this from E three. Neat. I picked it up, put it in and immediately got hooked. And I was like, oh, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a MMO, but without actually being an MMO, um, cool. And so like, yeah, I went out and got it and, and yeah, played through the whole series and thought it was indeed like, it was very cool how like, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of what you do, it's like, it's like a trick of the mind, what carries over because so much of the stuff game is going to be static and you you have like the illusion of choice but really you're going to get like all these main items and all these characters and stuff uh, but yeah the the idea that there were certain things that carried over through four games um was definitely like oh that's like awesome that's a really like cool weird gimmick to this to this experience so yeah, yeah i, I love that like we 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 i don't even i don't remember like how that came up but
1: well, um, I, I remember I tweeted, I was like, because there was like, hey, tweet out whatever PS2 titles you want for PS4. Oh, yeah. I was like, hey, please, PS2, PS4 right now.
0: Yes, yeah, and I was right. Um, and, then I, and then I like I think I either Snapchatted you or tweeted you a picture of, like, my collection on my shelf still having all yeah. 4
1: Do you yeah. know how expensive those games are now? I
0: don't. How expensive are they? Am I going to make a lot of money so, off like, of you, maybe, Danny?
1: Maybe. Because like there's like this store called We Play Games here, and they carry like old games like PS2 and like all the way from like you know Atari and stuff. But they have all four of them. But like the first one's like ninety dollars, and then all of them after the second one, like are hundred dollars plus. Sweet. And I was just, like, I should have kept those games. I should have kept those.
0: <laughs> I was uh, I was um, looking um, in advance of uh, of your favorite game. I was looking because I have some some of uh, some of that series, and so I was looking for my my one from the GameCube. Um, because it was, like, one of the first for the GameCube oh, yeah, the that Twin I got. Snakes. Teasing, teasing. Out. Well, I was going to tease it out and not, like, let people know what series it was oh, okay. from. But, yes. Yes, uh, Twin Snakes. Um, spoilers. Topic 2 involve a Metal Gear. Um, uh, yeah, I had, <laughs> like, because my sister gave me the GameCube for, uh, like, when it was, like, down to $99 or something for Christmas that year. And gave me Twin Snakes with it. And I was like, oh, I would never played any of the Metal Gears. But like i had that game and i because i never like throughout i still never like went in and played it um uh i'm pretty sure that was like one of the games that i lost in the like the one time i ever went and traded in games i took like a whole bunch of like crappy shitty licensed ps2 games and like a few game games that i just had never bothered playing um and and it would appear that tw- that Twin Snakes was one of them because it is no longer in my GameCube games collection. <laughs> That's like, so oh, sad. that would that would be. That, I mean, like any of those would be a, a good good thing to have back for like collection yeah. purposes. I
1: ha- I have my copy of Twin Snakes, still because like I I have my Wii and I play it on my Wii every once in a while when I feel like feel nostalgic because like I have Metal Gear One and Two on my PS3 and my Vita, but like they play so hard on there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I have the collection, obviously.
0: Yeah. So I have all of them. That's all I've got is the uh, is is the collection, and now five.
1: But no, even see, this, like, have, I've, I've never really played, played
0: the collection. <laughs> I,
1: just, <laughs> I have like the legendary collection that has like from four. And oh five, yeah. And, like it has Peace Walker, and, like the whole the whole shebang, um, but they are hard to like go back to. Like those controls, like right before five came out, I remember talking to Damien, one of our friends, and I was like. He's never played Metal Gear. I was like, you have to play Metal Gear. T-. Like, he's like, do I have to get five? I was like, no. But to understand the feeling of, like, what you want to get from five, you have to have played all of them to, like, kind of understand the context of what Hideo's going to do with this game. And so, like, he played through all of them because I gave him my collection. He's like, dude, He's like, I don't know why I never played this as a kid. And I was like, well, one, it's very hard. But two, <laughs> like... As a kid, it's 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 too complicated to understand. When you're a adult, it makes more sense now. It's still complicated over the head, but like he not like, dude, the control. I was like, don't you don't have to tell me. I know the controls are the absolute worst.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was, I I could never like I had uh, Metal Gear Two when it came out uh, initially, and because it was like one of the ones that like everybody was playing and stuff, and so I picked it up and I played the tanker section. And never went past that. So, so it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was, like, I, I played, I was like, eh, I'm not, like, a stealth person. I like I like going in and, like, guns a-blazing and, and like, just, I'm not interested in, like, the slow, methodical approach I would need for that game. So it just never, yeah. it never resonated with me. And so I never, like, so when everybody's like, oh, like, fuck this game, you play as Raiden. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about because I'm pretty sure I played Snake when I played that game. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're like, I didn't even get past the tanker. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so.
0: So you went back, oh, dot, dot Hack. It. You, you love the Dot yeah, Hack so series? Dot
1: hack. I love the Dot Hack series. And the funny part about that is, like, when I talk about Jared Peduz's, um, growing up, I had this neighbor, and his name was David, and he was from Japan, like, his, he was Japanese, and he'd go to Japan every summer. So he was the one that would come, like, your friend would bring you games, like, he brought me, like, JRPGs from Japan, he's like, dude, we, you, we, we've gotta play this. And so, like, we, that's what we really started, like, the PS1 era of, like, JRPGs with him, um, and that's what got me hooked. But I remember me and him were bonding over .hack, because it was like, if you played the game, there were aspects of the anime that connected with the game. So it was like, there was a like, certain character that was missing during the anime, and they are like, all of his story in the game. And I was like, oh shit, mm-hmm. you're connecting two worlds? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was like, we're getting towards like the end of the PS2 era right there. Uh, I remember ending it with the uh, Rogue Galaxy and then uh Solid 3 Snake Eater. And the funny part is when I had Snake Eater, I was living with my uncle for the summer in California but I did He had. We had a PS2. But I didn't have mine. But his, my cousins had one, and I played that game without uh, a memory card because they didn't, couldn't afford a memory card. <laughs> so like literally, like the whole first week of summer, I like sat in the room and played the PS2. And I told her, like I told him, like, whatever you do, turn off the PS2. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I played that game like a whole week sitting down of like not turning the PS2. The room was getting so hot because of the fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's like closing out like the PS2 era for me. And then,
0: did you play uh, the Final PS Fancy Twelve?
1: Yes, I did. Okay. That was one of the last ones too. Yeah, I I had the collector's. I still have it actually. Yeah, me too. And it's still in my top three. I think it's one of the best Final Fantasies. Never one could fight me for that.
0: Yeah, I, I believe we we had some arguments about that when you came out here to see uh, the when we went to the Final Fantasy concert uh, a few weeks back.
1: Yeah, I'm still upset that they didn't play anything from that game at all. Not even one song. I'm not. <laughs> they played they played two songs from 14 and two songs from 13. No 12. Like,
0: no 12. Well, like. I mean, at least that concert leaked the fact that they were making a, a Final Fantasy XII remake, the Zodiac Age game that's coming out. They leaked that, like, two years ago for you. So they gave you that at yeah. least. Even if they're not going to play any songs from yeah. from the title, they let you know a while back that you were going to get to play it anew on uh, it for a new generation.
1: I will be honest, though. There aren't many memorable songs or, like, parts from that game.
0: <laughs> no, there aren't. That, yeah that's, that's what you're like it was the best i'm like like what was good about it what, what? the 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 ending i don't even remember the ending
1: giant mecha god thing and then like the 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 guy who's actually the prince goes and sacrifices himself, and you he think he's dead but he's not
0: are you sure that wasn't 13? <laughs> yes, oh, that that was 13 yes that's like could... I, I remember giant mecha gods from 13 you don't remember that's, that's all, that's all funny, final like, fantasy does is giant mecha gods now
1: <laughs> yeah pretty much um but yeah so i think <sighs> that's the end of the ps2 era and then the ps3 rolls in but the funny part was like i i can remember i kept asking for a ps3 and my parents would not buy me one because they said it was too expensive and that was that like and it was at the time like 600 like yeah that was a lot of money to put down for a game um But so I was like, like, well, I guess I'll just stick with the PS2 until, you know, one day I'll get a PS3 when they're lower price. Um, Come that Christmas, uh, around that time, um, the Wii's coming out too. And so I was like, well, the Wii's cheaper. Let me get the Wii. And this is a real sad story (laughs) for me, at least. Um,
0: He says laughing. So I was like,
1: all right, I'll, I'll get the Wii. Like, you can get one or the other. So I was like, all right, I'll get the Wii. And I remember – do you remember the time that we like, they were selling out everywhere. People yep. had low no stock. Um, so there were rumors of my local Target getting uh, 20 of them. And I think I was, like, 16, probably 15. Um,
0: well, I think, I think, yeah, think you told me this story. <laughs> I think yeah, I know where this is going. My mom – yeah, my mom drops me off
1: at the Target at midnight and said, just stay here. And there, there were people lined up there already when I got there. Um, so she drops me off and, st- and I stay that overnight and sleep and it's like winter time, so it's cold. So I have like a sleeping bag and a jacket on, and so I sleep the night in the Target line and waiting for the next morning to be up at 9 a.m. to get a weed. Uh, they go down the line and they start handing out the tickets, and then they come to find out five of their employees took one, and so they are only 15, and I was number 16, <laughs> so yep. I didn't get one. And my dad comes and picks me up and he's like, "Did you get it?" And I was like. No! And I just started crying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you were you were less than stoked.
1: Yeah, I was way less than stoked. Um, so I didn't get the weed, and I was upset, and I missed school that day. Who, whose parents let them stay out by themselves at the age of 15 or 16 at a Target overnight and let them miss school the next day?
0: I mean irresponsible my, parents okay. yeah irresponsible parents these days i mean back yeah. then you know, less so but yeah
1: yeah um uh, so i don't get the wii come christmas time uh my parents had won a trip to hawaii uh and so we're like oh we're gonna go to hawaii like we want a trip for pro bowl and all this stuff was like, sorry we're gonna get you a wii or ps3 we're gonna go to hawaii instead And i was like oh, okay cool and, like family vacation hawaii is cool it's a resort spot um so like my mom's like i didn't get you any presents because we're saving money um to go to hawaii and i was like okay cool and so like we're opening presents here's well i got you one present and she's like there's this it's a suitcase go get it it's upstairs and i like dumb me i'm like well why do i have to go get the suitcase <laughs> um so i got the suitcase. And I'm like mom, this suitcase is really heavy. She's like, oh yeah, it has like the stuff you're taking. And I was like, oh, okay. So I bring it down so you, everyone can see it. And I was like, okay. So I was bringing down the suitcase. And then she's like, open it up. And there's a fucking PS3 there. <laughs> uh, with like the uh, next an controller. Uh, and then uh, it comes with two Blu-rays. So it was Talladega Nights and Underworld, the second one. <laughs> uh, and then the release titles, uh, Ridge Racer, Well, it was a little bit after the release time, so Ridge Racer was there, Lair, and what was the other game? There was one more game. Anyways, they all sucked. (laughs) Regardless. So I remember just being excited about having a PS3, and then I was like, the future's Blu-ray. And so I I watched Talladega Nights almost every night, (laughs) because it was the only Blu-ray I had besides Underworld. And I had never seen the first Underworld, so I was like, I'm not going to watch the second one.
0: Um, continuity is very important in that series as I understand it
1: I still haven't seen it <laughs> so probably <laughs> um but then I remember I played Ridge Racer a lot which was like probably one of the worst drivers I've ever actually played because I don't like racing games in general but if I think about it the controls are really bad uh and I played Layer. god we we don't need to talk about Lair the six axis controls, is absolute hot garbage um <laughs> But I remember I was like, oh, I can download games to my system? This is rad. And so, like, I downloaded a bunch of demos, and then eventually Uncharted comes out. Um, and I remember playing Uncharted 1 and, like, just gushing over it and loving it. And I was like, this is the Indiana Jones game I've always wanted. <laughs> and uh, I remember playing it, and I played it for, like, three days straight. And then my friends were having a party, and I took my PS3 to the party, and... Um,
0: you, you were Karen. You were Karen from the yeah,
1: Nintendo I was Switch Karen. commercial. Yeah. Well, at this time, I had Resistance. So there was multiplayer on there. So we were going to play Resistance at the party. But I was like, hey, I'm almost out done with Uncharted. I need to finish it. So I'm at my friend Taylor's house, and everyone's getting drunk. And I am just sitting there, like, at the end, like, of like with the, you get the uh, tomb and like the cursed enemies start coming out. And so, like, I'm at the end of fucking Uncharted. And my friend Kevin screaming at the top. He's like, this game fucking sucks. And I was like, shut your mouth. It's Indiana Jones. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and then I'd be in Charter that night. And then I get underage drunk.
0: <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly.
1: Um, yeah so the ps3 rolls in playing that uh resistance and uh the ps3 r is a pretty solid time i mean it lasted me probably one of the longest systems i kept besides the ps2 uh because i remember i get so i have the ps3 and the main times i remember is killzone 2 uh resistance and uncharted uh and then final fantasy 13 when it came out uh god those games um at least
0: least we aligned there
1: yeah yeah i don't even that's another topic for another day uh i remember going to target with my mom on her lunch break one day and they had four wii's and i told my mom i was like this is the time i need a wii right now and she bought me a wii right then and there (laughs) and so i bought a wii twilight princess that night and that's when I was back on like my my uh, Nintendo kick, um, playing that Super Mario Galaxy. Um, I had the what was it the Motor Storm Kart game, whatever it's called, uh, sure, something like that. I don't remember. Um, but yeah, playing that, and I I was stuck on the Wii for the longest time playing titles, and then uh, no more no more heroes. Well, the not, before no more heroes was the. Um, Mad World, and that game, like, really piqued my interest, um, and I remember playing that and thinking it was, like, a really creative, like, well, one, I was, like, it's, it's weird how bloody it is, and that it's, like, on the Wii, it's on a Nintendo system of all games, um, playing that, and then No More Heroes comes out, and I fucking, I don't know why I fall in love with that pseudo game for some reason, like, No More Heroes, like, has me by, like, if they release a No More Heroes 3, like, I will be all about it. Because Nowhere Heroes 1 and 2 were phenomenal on the Wii. (laughs) Um, But around that time is when I get into Fire Emblem. Uh, Path of Radiance? No, no, sorry. Uh, Path of Radiance is the GameCube one. Uh, Dawn of something. Whatever the Wii one comes out. And I remember falling in love with that with the character Ike because of Smash Brothers and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So then I, like, find out that, like, this is like the fucking eighth game in the series. I'm like, there's more of these. And then I track down like the Game Boy and the DS versions um, of those and play those. And then the GameCube version, Path of Radiance I play. And that kind of starts my tactical RPG stuff. And then like, I fall into things like Advance Wars on the Game Boy and all that.
0: Um, Yeah. I want to, I want to take a a little bit of a step back. Uh, Like when did, uh, and I I was about to head there anyway, but you kind of, jumped the gun on me. Um, When did you get into, into like handheld? Um, Have you been like a handheld gamer as well all through this? Or is this kind of a, you're going and seeking things out now?
1: uh, So all through this, I'm a handheld gamer in some aspect. Like I played uh, obviously Pokemon red and blue. And like I, for my game boy, I mainly just played Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Um, There were random titles like uh, the Mega Man X's that came out for the, uh, for the game boy that I played. Because I loved Mega Man X on PS uh, PS One, not because I never played them when they were on the NES, but I played them on the PS One. Mega Man X four, five, and six, which I think are the best titles, best Mega Man titles of all time. Um, turn three D and they get really bad on the PS Two. Uh, but yeah, so mainly handhelds. I just bought every Game Boy just for um, just for Pokemon, uh, and here and there there were obviously like some Yu Gi Oh games that came out that I played because I was really into Yu Gi Oh.
0: Did, you catch, did uh, you catch them all in the Pokemon world?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I was all about it. And I was the one kid that was like, I'm going to catch the missing note. And I fucking destroyed my game data. And I had to go buy a new one. Good going. <laughs> and, like, I bought, like, the Game Sharks. I remember playing that, like, putting those and yeah. getting, like, the Infinite Master Balls, Infinite Rare Candies. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. But those are the main times I played. So, around the time of like when I got into Fire Emblem, when I went back and bought like Fire Emblem on the Game Boy and then uh, Fire Emblem Dark Dragon on the on the DS. And then I f- remember I f- heard about um, from there, people were like, if you like it, check out Advance Wars. And this is when like websites like IGN started coming out for like became like a relevance to me. Because mm-hmm. um, I used to go to Game Sh- Game Facts for like. Guides or walkthroughs, yeah, but then i g m came it was more of like becoming bigger at the time, uh from being like i g n sixty four to actually just the i g n network you know yeah um so that's when like I start looking at other titles and exploring my game categories of stuff because um, for a long time I was kind of just a big person like the big titles coming out, and then I started falling back to the smaller titles later, so I remember falling in love with like technical RPGs, like uh advanced wars on handhelds and playing those um So we get back there and then the Wii, uh, I'm still playing the Wii constantly because the PS3 at this time is just kind of a Blu-ray player to me. Um, And then this becomes a time of like me graduating high school and my crazy story of becoming like a Christian and a youth pastor and a worship leader and all this stuff. And they kind of take me down this path of like playing video games is not a sin, but if you're not putting time into your Bible and like, worshiping and praying to god then this is these are the video games like these systems are your idols so you need to put them aside so this is where like i put video games on like a pedestal for like a solid four or five years
0: Ooh,
1: yeah and uh so from there i like working in ministry um remember i moved to arizona to work at this christian youth camp for like three years and I had the PS3 with me that I took, uh, and I used it literally just for the Internet Explorer to, like, go to illegal websites to watch uh, TV shows because we didn't have cable. We just had Hulu. So, like, some of the shows that I couldn't watch, we had Hulu and Netflix, but the only shows I could watch was uh, anything that wasn't, like, ABC. So I wanted to watch How I Met Your Mother, and I wanted to watch Breaking Bad. So <laughs> that's what I was using my PS3 for. Um, and Dexter. Uh, and then there's a GameStop. There's like one GameStop because I live in a small town, and uh, my roommates buy a three hundred and sixty. Um, I never had a three hundred and sixty because when I had the PS three and the weed, that's all I had. And so when we they bought a three hundred and sixty, I was like, oh, there's like uh, Halo three came out on there, and I wanted you know I I wanted to finish it because I played Halo one and two. Um, so we pick up Halo three. I was like, I hear gear, like, read on because I'm still checking the IGN every once in a while, seeing new games and stuff like that, um, so then I go and pick up Gears of War, I'm like, kind of, uh, I played through all of the Gears, I finished Halo 3 up until, um, finished Halo 3, finished that story, and then, uh, my roommates pick up Call of Duty, and that was, like, our game that we bonded over as roommates, so we were just, we'd play online matches of Call of Duty, and, like, um, that's kind of like brought back like my interest of playing games again because it was like we'd work nine to five in this office for this camp and it's like we'd come home like we wouldn't do anything at night unless we had to go volunteer at the churches that night so i was like let's watch tv or let's play video games together um and then we bought a game cube uh at that small town uh to play smash brothers and that's when i got really into smash and we talked about doing competitive playing because there was this like there's in town there's this other town that's like 30 minutes out called uh prescott um Pescat Valley, yes. and they have this card shop that do video game tournaments there for Smash Bros. So me, and my roommate Devin, start playing Smash Bros. competitively, and we wanted like go play at the tournaments. So we'd go on Saturdays on our days off to go play Smash Bros. competitively there. Um, and so I all of a sudden was like, well, there are games that are on the PS3 that I've wanted to play, and so that's when Final Fantasy Thirteen comes out, and I start like literally Thirteen, Thirteen Two, and Lightning Returns is all I played when I lived in Arizona because I had those are three times on my PS3 um i'm so sorry i know right
0: i'm, I'm uh, so sorry my state has such horrible memories for you
1: <laughs> that's good and bad ones um so my three years are up and then i moved back to las vegas and when i moved back my nephew's living with us again and he's like oh you have a ps3 and i was like yeah And he's like oh yeah he's like how you played the kill zones i was like i remember playing kill zone 2 and that was it and this is around yeah um so i come back and uh we he was like well could you buy me the Killzone collection because they have like a thing of it i was like okay i was like well i should like he told he's only telling us like have you played infamous yet i was like no never played infamous and so there were all these like great ps3 titles that i missed out on um Mm -hmm. and and, like god of war 3 i never got to finish but i played one and two on the ps2 um so we go to gamestop and at the time they were doing uh buy two used games get one free so we just kind of went crazy and i remember buying the kills like we bought all these ps3 games i had never had played and that day we get there is when they're selling tickets they're doing this promotion because ps4 is already out and they're like if you buy a ps4 you get two free passes to psx and i was like what's psx and they're like oh it's the first the first one they're doing it's a playstation convention here in las vegas it's happening in a couple weeks actually like do you want a ps4 and i was like I don't have money for that, but that sounds really cool. And then like me and the, our game store guy are chatting and we start talking Pokemon because Pokemon X and Y is coming out. And I was like, Oh yeah, like I have a 3DS. I think I'm going to pick it up to buy, um, to play. Like I had a 3DS cause I, and while I was in that camp, I played a fire emblem awakening on my 3DS the whole time. But we were talking about X and Y and we started talking about Greninja and all this stuff and like EV breeding and all this sh- crap. Uh, and then he goes as we're as we're checking out. He's like, "Oh, you're buying all these PS3 tiles." I was like, "Yeah." Was like, well, you were cool, so here you go, dude. And he gave us two free passes to PSX for us to go. And that's what got me to where I'm at now. So like, I go to PSX that first year with my nephew, and listen, Like, I knew who Greg Miller was and Colin was, and I knew Andrew. Like, I knew who Beyond was and some of the podcasts there. But I never was really into it, or listened to it. so I didn't know any of the inside jokes or like uh, trophy wars. Like I knew that PlayStation had trophies and I was like, Oh, whatever. It's just like an achievement. Like it is on Xbox, no big deal. And I didn't know it was that serious of a thing. So I go there and my friend Rin texted me like, Hey, you have to go to the live podcast beyond like a panel that they're doing. I was like, right, cool, cool. And I was like, Oh, these guys are really cool. Like I know who they are kind of, but I was like, Oh, maybe I'll listen to their podcast more often. Um, I'm walking the floor and, uh, I remember I were walking the floor and then I walked to the indie booth and I remember playing Shovel Knight and I was like, oh, this is super cool. Very reminiscent of the Mega Man X. I'm really excited to play this game and it's coming to PlayStation 4. Um, and I walk up and there's another booth and then this small TV with the sign that says Apotheon and Greg Miller standing right there and I didn't really say anything to him. I was just like, oh, he probably doesn't want to be bothered. So I'm just standing there watching the guy play waiting my turn to play because he's ready to play. And then Greg looked like Tassel was like, hey, what do you think of this? This looks cool, right? And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, Hey, you're Greg Miller, right? He's like, yeah. And we had a really great conversation. And I kind of told him like, how did I just come back from this Christian youth camp. Um, I was kind of get back into video games. And he asked me about a PS4, and Vita, and I was like, no. And then I was, and was like, what's a Vita? And then he was like, you don't know what a Vita is? And I was like, no. He was like, you're at PSX. And I was like, I I know that. He's like, look over there. And he points to like the Vita booth because they had like the whole lounge, PS Vita lounge. He's like, yeah. go over there, play a Vita game. He's like, if for some of four goldens there. Or if like Freedom War is there, go play that. And I'm like, okay. Um, and so then I play the Vita and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, it's like, a, it's like the PSP. And the, the reason I only had a PSP, I had a PSP, but I only used it to watch DVDs like the UMT disc. And I played uh, Crisis Core and like Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core mm-hmm. and Kingdom Hearts Birth By Sleep. Those are the only two titles I played on the PSP. <laughs>
0: So, I'm noticing a trend of like PlayStation systems and you getting you getting a Kingdom Hearts game and you getting a Final Fantasy game for them.
1: <laughs> every time. Every
0: time. Every time. <laughs> and, <that's where> they <laughs> stick and, and the PS4 just announced that you'll finally be able to get a Kingdom Hearts game. Um, uh, well, I guess we were already getting the 2.8, whatever. But now, now you'll be able yeah. to, to get the 1.5, 2.5 final, blah, blah, blah.
1: I know. I was just like, oh, and when I saw that this week, I was like, Man, this is going to be
0: my fourth time buying this game, but whatever, I'll do it. <laughs> right? That's, uh, uh, I I bought the first... Yeah, and I so, bought the 1.5 on, on PS3, and I, I was like, there's no way they're not going to... like I've seen them do this with the Final Fantasy X now, where they put that on everything, so of course they're going to eventually bring Kingdom Hearts to PS4. I'll just get it then.
1: Have you played, I've played
0: on... Have you played, played I've played 1 and 2, and I like. I remember playing... The Game Boy Advance one with Chain Chain Memories, right?
1: Chain of Memories, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, and like I was playing that, and I was like, "Oh, this is just like the first game again." Uh, okay, like so, I played a little bit of it, and I was like, "They're not, they're they're very vaguely adding something new to this." So um, I skipped kind of through the rest of that. So I've really only played Kingdom Hearts <laughs> one and two of the series.
1: Okay, dude, I remember playing Chain of Memories on my Game Boy, and that game was. Like, just the whole – because I had the Game Boy Advance. Before I had the SP, there was just the Game Boy Advance, like the little, like, purple round one kind of. Yep. And just, like, those controls, like, like mixing the cards. I was like, this sucks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did. That was why I was like, I don't need to play this. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so PSX happens, and I go both days. And I was like, all right. Like I'm sold. New Uncharted. This is cool because I remember like on my PS coming back. I played Uncharted two and three, and I was like, "Damn, these games got so much better than Uncharted one."
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: um, yeah. So I was like, "Uncharted four is going to be fucking dope," and I like I was there for the demo of like him falling through the world.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was the and that was the first time we really saw anything in that game.
1: Yeah, uh, and so the event happens. It's over and done with. And then I remember going like going home that next weekend, and then. Uh, this is kind of bad. Uh, I get offered a credit card at GameStop and they're like, Hey, you have like five hundred dollars available and I was like I was like, give me a PS4. <laughs> oh oh Daniel. Yeah. And uh, you,
0: yeah, is, I that, paid it off. is that did you did you eventually like is that paid off yet or are you still you still kind of in debt oh, no, from it that paid off. okay.
1: <laughs> yeah now i'm more so into just like buying new games when they come out constantly yeah that's fair but yeah so we get the ps4 and uh then i start playing all these like, awesome ps4 titles bloodborne uh i was so hyped on the order that i got the special edition and man that game did not deliver
0: yeah that's that is very true yeah. Uh, did you uh, and, uh we, I, we didn't uh we didn't get to it but since you were uh uh there was a lot of like um uh metal gear in your past uh did you ever do Peace Walker or Metal Gear 4?
1: So I did do Peace Walker but I did 4. And okay. 4 was like my final title of saying goodbye to my PS4 or my PS3. Because there's when I when I came back and I was like all right it's the fourth game I've played all of them and uh, got to see how this like how snake stories end and mm-hmm. so like it was my i remember clearing all like i cleared all of uncharted i killed i cleared kill zone i cleared god of war i cleared infamous and i was like all right it's now time to sit down with the negative four and say goodbye and um that game is like i because we watched uh there's this 15 minute video of drew scallion uh just like him dressed in the metal gear outfit and, like, it has the Metal Gear loading screen for Metal Gear Solid 4 when, like, every chapter would load and when Snake would smoke. And it's just him, like, chewing on Twizzlers for 15 minutes. But, like, we talked about it, was like, man, for some reason that load screen was so revolutionary to me. And, like, just that title was, like, I think it's the best PS3 title of all time. Or, yeah, PS3 title of all time. But it's, like, you can't say that if you haven't played the other three games to, like, get to that point. Mm. Yeah. But, yeah. So that was my farewell to the PS3. I, I mean, I have my PS3 now. I started playing Kingdom Hearts again because I'm trash.
0: I mean, you do, you do, you, Danny. Um, yeah. In in all of this, uh, so we've touched on a little bit uh, before. We kind of dive more into uh, into the, the the current generation. Uh, we've touched on console. We've touched on handheld. Were you ever a PC gamer? Did you ever play anything on on computer?
1: So the one thing I played on PC was middle school. I played World of Warcraft. Okay. Um, I played all the way until the second expansion came out because I played so much that uh, I burnt my graphics card and melted it. And I never won. My parents never bought me a new one. So that's where I started playing PC.
0: Congratulations. You you, you broke yeah. the PC.
1: Yeah. So I played Vanilla Destiny and that was it. Um, Now, like, I play PC games some, like, like last year I played Undertale mm. and I have played um, and all that stuff. So, like, I haven't played PC titles where it's like, because I don't have a high set of PC gaming, like, PC setup to play PC gaming.
0: Yeah.
1: But uh, I've played, like, the gems here and there now, like, this generation. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. I, all right. It's so... so weird, like, being at that IGN thing, how the 20th, like, uh, Alienware and all that stuff, hearing, like, the, how PC gaming has changed is so weird to me, where it's just, like, it seems like it was very ignored for years, or there was, like, just a dark, small group of people that played it, and then all of a sudden, they're like, they just grew. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no that's I mean when I I think definitely when like Steam became a thing and made it so that you can carry your video game library with you from system to system and it's just all on your account and it's not having to, you know, load in CD after CD or whatever, like making it simpler in that regard um mm-hmm. and and making it like so you can get everything at the click of a button. So like yeah, the advent of Steam and broadband internet basically, I think um changed gaming and made it much more widespread than it had been for years where it was where like consoles were the the easy option for a long time
1: yeah
0: but yeah so so now we're back on back on ps4 (laughs) generation yeah um you we, we touched on like bloodborne order was a disappointment um what uh what other like standout highlights do you have or lowlights um, just wait you're just still Blood waiting hearts on the final definitely. fantasy and the kingdom hearts games that you can buy for ps4
1: yeah the report was like the ps3 the reason i got it was for those games like i got the ps3 for kingdom hearts 3 and for uh final fantasy at the time 13 uh
0: versus whatever they
1: called it yeah before it was 15 yeah but it never came so i waited and i waited, and I waited. so now that's like oh fine, you know i'm so uh stuck out now and it's it's weird Is like it's a lot of the indie stuff besides like like last year like metal gear was like that was the game metal gear 5 was the ps4 game for me for last or just game of the year in general uh, and like i remember watching the vgas in 2009 when they, like he showed the trailer or whatever or was it was 2010 when it was just called the phantom pain and mm. it supposedly wasn't a metal gear title um uh, that was like oh shit like this is, this is, ama- like, I remember watching, like, that Snake, that is Snake, that is Snake on the ground, like, this is Metal Gear 5, and they're, like, fan, fan. And it's like oh, shit, and it's, like, and it's by Hideo Kojima, and I was, like, he's done this before, <laughs> <laughs> um, but that, uh, I would say Witcher 3 is, like, a, a, a feat of, like, what um, they have done. But I I, dig- I wasn't into it. I played 20 hours of it, and I was just like, oh, this high fantasy doesn't do it for me. Um, but uh, a lot of, like, the uh, random PSN titles, like, I like, like, I love Towerfall. I love playing Towerfall with all my friends. Um, uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uncharted 4, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, goodbye to Nathan Drake. Um, that was, like, uh, a, you know, a masterpiece to me. Um as much hate as the game is getting no man's sky uh i get the reason. like the marketing was terrible and what the game actually is but you still kind of have to like you know praise them for game design and the fact of like what they created yeah just because it's not good doesn't mean it's not like what they did wasn't astonishing as like as a team of like less than 15 people yeah yeah
0: um
1: so stuff like that uh you got into uh, you get nice really time.
0: into like fury right you were one of the ones that like jumped on the fury train or am I thinking of somebody else?
1: Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I really got into the fury train. Um, and I think that the reason that it stuck with me this year was uh, kind of like the, the hardness of dark souls, but more of like the boss rush of Mega Man X style where it was like boss after boss and learning um, their movements and how to block and how to attack and like the timing of things. Uh, that was a very like Brad PSN title that was just like came out of nowhere yeah. Um yeah. Uh I'm trying to think of what else right now. Yeah, that's it. I mean until dawn.
0: Over Overwatch. Uh, I'm had you never put a lot of time into that one.
1: <laughs> uh Quanic Dream. Uh not Beyond Two Souls, but the one before it. Mike, I uh, think of heavy, rain. Heavy, heavy Rain. Heavy Rain. I didn't play I didn't play Heavy Rain on the PS3. I played it now that it, when it re-released on the PS4 and with Beyond Two Souls, but playing until dawn before I played that that game was like one of the games that kind of surprised me last year, mm-hmm. and I think it surprised everybody because I think everyone thought it was going to be bad.
0: Yeah, I, well, for for a long time in like preview events, it was it was really bad. But then that yeah. I mean that was another one that was at that first PSX that we were at, and uh, and like the crowd response to like what people should do or, or which which choice they should make. Like, like that was probably the first hint I had of that game where it might be something special. Was everyone yeah. losing their mind, being like, no, do this, do this, and just, like, a, a, an audience full of insane people screaming.
1: Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, and I think this year so far, nothing's really, like, besides Uncharted 4, and uh, the Fury being, like, the piece of that has, like, really grabbed me yet, because I'm, like,
0: Overwatch. I, I'm not
1: in this... Okay, well Overwatch, yeah. That is <laughs> my that like Overwatch and Destiny are kind of like my comfort food. Like if I just want to wind down for a night and play a couple game like play a round of something or play like a game, like I'll pick Destiny or Overwatch. Honestly, I, like I'm so burnt out on Destiny now because of the expansion and playing every night with all the guys, Where I'm just like and like I've been playing Overwatch by myself right now, just solo queuing stuff because I'm just like I just kind of want to play by myself. And it's mm-hmm. been really nice. Um But it's kind of what's keeping me going up until like I'm really like I'm craving Final Fantasy fifteen bad.
0: (laughs) Well, you only got and like you got you got a one more month to go.
1: I know, and like I texted Alex two nights ago. Jason Schreier's tweet about like guys, I'm only two hours in, but this game is really good. And I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. I was like, this this like this is all I want right now. Like I just want a meaty like JRPG that's going to just suck me in and like, I'm going to care about the characters. And um,
0: I I think, I mean, given, given your love of kingdom hearts, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, Like I played, I played an hour of it at at PAX. um, And uh, it's, it's definitely like the, it's a little bit heavier than kingdom hearts in terms of like the weight of the, the combat, but it's definitely in the kingdom hearts vein of combat as opposed to like final fantasy 13. Yeah, so I'm gonna turn my light. I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna a turn a light. Magazine. Cool. I was gonna. I was gonna, I was gonna. I was gonna get us there eventually. Um, cause yeah. Because I was like, and it probably would. I probably would have like held off until the transition of the next topic to be like, hey Dan, uh, if you got if you got some some light, people will want to see your lovely face. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's not that lovely.
0: But then yeah, uh, then, but then yeah. I mean, you you are on your iPad, so it, you could just pick it up yeah. and go. <laughs> I can just turn it. Yeah, we can see you. Again. Yeah,
1: but uh, but yeah. So Kingdom Hearts is what I'm craving. Uh, I have two because ma- Stephen, uh, one of our friends, Stephen, let me borrow his Xbox One to play Gears of War 4, which I think is one of the best titles of 25th, 2016 so far. Um, and this is the first time I've had an Xbox One, so like I'm. He gave me like a, he gave me qu- uh, Quantum Break or whatever to play, uh-huh. um, and then he gave me Halo Five because I haven't played it yet. And uh, he gave me Res of the Tomb Raider because I was going to wait for PS4. But he's like, I just have an Xbox. Just play an Xbox. I was like, all right, cool. So I'm excited to dive into those this week. Um, but I am, like like I said, I don't know what it is. Like when I play a good shooter, it gets me going. Like, so Overwatch and Destiny, I think, are great shooters. But I, like, I, I've never cared for Call of Duty besides that time I lived with my roommates. Like I just never cared for it. And like I, I'm not someone that's hooked on the um, Battlefield 1 like i i played the the um beta that they put out and i was just like oh this isn't for me
0: okay i just um, i played through the f- w- one of the first or like i i just started playing it this morning and played through the first um uh like one of the campaigns since it's, it's like broken out over like five little mini campaigns instead of one kind of through through line um yeah, like combat wise, I'm like, eh, okay. I'm a little, I'm a little miss on it, but I like the story that they're, or the, the stories that they're looking to tell. Yeah, it's, it reminds me of Valiant Hearts in that, like, oh. there's like an emotional hook to World War One um, that, mm. that this is definitely. It's taking that kind of mentality of like, oh, let's look at this this horrifying war through multiple kind of vantage points, and also add the shooter element onto it
1: that's rad see now hearing you say that makes me more interested about it because i know my roommate was gonna buy it so i was like i'm gonna wait till he buys it then i'll just play the story because that's actually all i care about Mm. um i don't think it's worth me dropping the 65 dollars or whatever 60 bucks to get it right now so i was like i'll wait till later um because for some reason those battlefield games always go down real cheap real fast
0: yeah and this is like this is the first like i've got battlefield one i got i got titanfall 2 i'll be getting infinite warfare and like that's the first time i've really ever delved into any of the like the shooter games um outside like borderlands was like the the extent of like my shooter experience for the most part in the last few years um but this year like i dove into doom and i dove into wolfenstein finally um because i grew up with those on on pc um but like the last shooter shooter that i like Really played in that vein and like I guess destiny 2 counts. I played vanilla destiny for for a little while but Mm. like the last of these games that I played was um, Like the original battlefield 1942 um, like on my PC. I don't even remember like I don't remember what led me to pick it up I was just like oh Uh, Like I picked it up and it's weird because like looking back I don't even think I realized I was playing against like online people I, like for yeah. whatever reason, in my mind, I thought I was playing against like computer opponents, but like realizing now, I'm like, wait, that didn't have like a comp- like a, an AI mode. It was just online against other people. So, um, and I don't like anticipate diving into multiplayer on this, but um, but yeah, the story um, so far from what I've seen of Battlefield One is um, an interesting, and they're they they are self contained. It's basically like you play in different campaigns of the war. So like the one I did today was basically a, a, a group of people um, uh, doing like a tank charge in, I think, France. Um, and so it's like them in the tank going from like point to point to try and um, uh, rendezvous with, uh, with troops. And, and so you get kind of their story as they go mixed in with the combat. So I'm interested to yeah. see kind of the other stories that they, that they're telling with it
1: yeah speaking because you said you talked about doom that game blew my mind this year how good it was yeah yeah the the story of like granted the story is kind of just like not a, it's very linear of what they're trying to say but just the gameplay mechanic how fast it was and like the 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 idea of like they're playing off like the old Doom games where it's like hey there are a generation of doom guys and you're the new generation and this is the story that's been told throughout years which I was like, that is super interesting. That's super cool. And like just the the music that they did for it, which is like, it was fitting the tone of the game. And so that was one of my titles of like 2016 somewhere that have really impressed me. Um, but I am really like pumped to pick up Titanfall 2. Um, Titanfall looked amazing um, when, I came, when it first came to Xbox One. Um, I, I didn't play it, but I remember I went to the release because I was picking up Dark Souls 2 at the time um because it came out the same night and I remember I was like one of six people that were picking up Dark Souls 2 while the rest of the people were picking up Titanfall that night um but Titanfall 2 like playing that beta I was so excited to play with my friends but the story I'm really excited to get into it. and because of like like me talking about anime, it's like Gundam is such an important anime to me where it's like I've always like I just want to be in a giant mech and like get into fights and do these things and this is what Titanfall has given me
0: <laughs> yeah you get to you get to live your own little Pacific rim here.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so titles in twenty sixteen I'm looking forward to. Timefall two, uh, Final Fantasy fifteen. And I'm holding out for the Last Guardian. Mm-hmm. I am one of the last believers of that game, I believe.
0: I mean, did you play like were you a fan of Shadow of the Colossus and Eco and yeah, So <laughs> Back on the PS two?
1: Way back. Yeah, back Wayne. on the
0: PS yeah, way back.
1: Uh, I was a big fan of those games. Um, less of ICO, more of um, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, I am one of those people. That I think it's. I think it was a an amazing feat of what they did in that game. And the boss fights are something special. And it, it carried it carry over into games now, like games like Castlevania: Lords of Shadow. The, there's a boss fight where you're on a winged boss, and you have to climb to certain parts to hit like special spots to kill it. So I think it was it. <laughs> I would say without if Shadow classes Shadow of the Classes didn't exist, we probably wouldn't have like a game like Dark Souls.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, uh, that would be a that'd be a fun thought piece to kind of to analyze and review, kind of the influences between those two series or the between yeah. the Shadow of the Classes and then Dark Souls. Yeah. Or Demon Souls, I guess would have been the the first. Yeah. Whatever of. the first one was. Yeah. Cool um trying to any other so have you been uh have, did you get in the wii u at all this generation
1: i have not gotten to the wii u at all yeah i've kept i kept telling myself when it gets cheaper i'll buy it
0: and <laughs> it never it just, got cheaper
1: and and there you go never got cheaper and now the switches coming out and the tiles that i cared about are coming
0: yeah did you yeah. do uh 3ds like when yes, uh when, I, like I, x and y and, and stuff came out
1: uh i bought 3ds with that when fire emblem awakening came out and then i played that and i played animal crossing um and i played pokemon xy and those are the only titles i actually cared about until persona 4 uh or it was the persona, um, persona q. Q, q yeah picked that up wasn't what i thought it was going to be well I never played uh, Etrion Quest or whatever, so I didn't know I was going to play like that. Okay. So it wasn't the Persona game that I was hoping for, but I still think it's great. Because um, Persona for me falls back uh, the PS2 era with um, the, the, my neighbor David, and I remember he brought them over from Japan because he was just like, we, "We're obviously we're the GameStop." pro members where you get the game for magazine. And I remember they used to talk about persona three and how it was never going to come over to America because of like the whole, it promotes teenage suicide with them taking the invoker guns to their head and all that. So I was like, Oh, this controversial title, that's never going to come to America. And he brought over a Japanese import and we had taken the PlayStation two to get the chip in it. These games. So we could play, mm-hmm. um, so we could play dragon ball Z uh, battle 22. And so we played that and then he was like, dude, I got Persona 3. And I was like, what? And so like, I remember we played Persona 3 and he like, because he was Japanese, he would tell me what it was saying. He would translate it for me. And so that was like another, like, I have more love Persona 4 than I do Persona 3. But for me, it was like, I remember playing Persona 3 and Persona 4 on the PS2. And this was before golden so the vita yeah. came later after 2014 and that's when i played golden and i was like oh this is a far superior version but for me it's like persona 4 is like the one that like stuck it for me the hardest um so that's why i picked up persona q on the 3ds um but then i that's like i like i picked up yokai watch last year how was that bet hey yokai watch is gonna sell more copies than like a normal because was like other, oh it's huge in japan and, like, it's selling out Pokemon in Japan, apparently. So I was, like – I made a bet to my friend. was, like, if, um, if Yo-Kai Watch can outsell a major Pokemon title, that he would have to buy my copy of No Man's Sky. And then if I if I was wrong, I'd buy his copy of No Man's Sky. So I ended up buying two copies of No Man's Sky. I remember he telling me. <laughs> yeah. Good job.
0: Yeah, um,
1: but that – that was the last 3DS game. I just downloaded the Sun and Moon demo. So that's, like, probably the last game I've played 3DS.
0: Did you do uh, Fire Emblem Fates? Yes, I did.
1: Yeah. Okay. I, I bought brilliant. the collector's edition. Because I remember when you did your write-up, I was like, you that's, weren't yeah. filling it. And I was like, have you played the other ones to see how they played? Because everyone's, every single one's different than the right. other.
0: Yeah. And I was like, no. Because, like, they can only get me with that on Pokemon. Fuck these other <laughs> ones. I'm not, I'm not buying... Three games um, when it should be one, <laughs> when, when I should yeah. just have that choice of okay, here you your branching paths. Go, I, I will say go though, Fate
1: has not. I love, but it doesn't do for me what Awakening did, where I like kind of reinvigorated my love for time. Uh, yeah, we uh,
0: that was uh, that was Kaylee's game, so we talked about it a little bit. Then um, we delved into uh, Fates and, and kind of what she likes about it, and I think uh, Awakening did a lot of, like, interesting stuff that, um, like, they were like, okay, well, we got to keep all that stuff for Fates, so how are we going to make this work? And it just didn't work for me narratively.
1: Yeah. So I I'm I like Fates a lot. Um, I'm kind of excited to see if they do something with uh, Fire Emblem for the Switch.
0: Yeah. Because I,
1: I, like... I missed the main game type Like, these are, ma- like, Awakening kind of, so in the timeline of Fire Emblem, Awakening kind of resets the timeline and does a new story, where Fire Emblems 1 through 8 have all kind of, like, proceeded in times and, like, have taken skips to, like, hey, the legendary hero Marth exists in this timeline, or Roy, and stuff like that. So Awakening was, like, that's all done. This is just where the game, like, the new timeline starts, and that's where, like, Fates falls out after. So I want to see if they're going to pick up again like the old timeline or if they're gonna make something new on this switch i do
0: or if they're gonna wii switch between them. both of them
1: exactly boom i i'm like i i kept telling uh because i do a podcast with steven here steven santana and he's like so against the switch he's just like i'm so turned off by i remember what the Wii like the the wii u trailer was like and i was like i'm the switch's number one fan so i used to know him every day about the switch um so I try to make Switch funds all the time about it. But I do want to get a Wii U when they're cheaper, just to play games like uh Fire Emblem Cross, Shimagawa Tensei. Because I Persona made me want to play the Shimagaw Tensei series since they're they're like it's the same thing, pretty much. Yeah. But Persona does more of like character development than Shimagawa Tensei does.
0: Cool. Uh well yeah. Event- but- I I I'm sure eventually you'll be able to get them for cheaper than three hundred bucks.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I have no doubt. Probably in March.
0: <laughs> Here's hoping. Um, cool. Any other? Uh, any other like final tidbits of your gaming history that we want to kind of delve into? When I so like we obviously know each other through the kind of funny community. I imagine when Colin and Greg left uh, um, left IGN, you kind of jumped over into that um, that whole bunch of of chuckle fucks.
1: Yeah, I would say when I moved over, I joined the kind of funny community and, like, the Facebook group and all that stuff. And that made my – because I've always played games by myself. I've never really been an online person. Like, I don't – I didn't have friends that played video games. I just had my nephew. So now it's like I have this community of friends that all play video games, that love video games, that want to be a part of the industry like you and Alex. and um, They're all kind of just, like, pushing each other to strive to do better and stuff. And so it's been a, it's been a really crazy experience seeing – like, when I tell people about video games now, like, what I want to do in the industry and, like, my coworkers, it's, like, they think, oh, you're just playing video games. Well, well no. Like, I'm playing video games and I'm analyzing it and I'm talking about it with a group of people that are similar-minded that, like, you know, games have evolved more than just playing them. So it's, it's, it's cool having a community now. And, like, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for the community, like, with you.
0: <laughs> same. <laughs> uh, with, with you and everybody else, yeah. yeah. Um, that's, I, and I, I've had the same story. Like, uh, I talked about it a little bit. Back on like my when I did like my gaming history kind of thing, that same PSX I went to. That was my first show. I just kind of went out of the blue. I was like, I I have this new job. I want to go celebrate, and I love video games. I want to go to this thing. I've I've never been able to get to E3. I've wanted to ever since like my friend in high school got to go, and um and so I was like, this is in Vegas. I can drive up there for the weekend, have a good time. I went to that PSX. Um, didn't talk to another person save like like running into to Greg or something and uh, and kind of introducing myself and saying how much I appreciated their stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, like didn't, didn't make any friends there, just kind of stayed isolated the whole time. And then fast forward like five months to the first kind of funny live event. And like I meet Sean and I meet Alex and like we just all hit it off. And immediately like I have this whole crazy new community of friends that that has kind of um, just like you said, like pushed me to be better. Um and I push them to be better and we like we all challenge each other and, and um yet all support each other like with ridiculous fervor that uh that yeah. it's been an incredible kind of experience that we've I think we've all kind of got to benefit from. So Yeah. I'm, and I'm I'm super glad like we got to meet through all this.
1: I know, dude. And like coming to, to Arizona this year and hang out.
0: Yeah. Like just yeah. going to see a Final Fantasy concert. Um, was yeah, exactly. Good times, grabbing grabbing some beers afterwards. Yeah, awesome. Well, uh, well, thank you for running through your your gaming history. Um, I always love kind of just getting that story. Uh, in uh, so you mentioned um, just one last little thing I'm curious about. You mentioned in that uh, when you when you went into like the ministry, kind of like feeling like you missed out on like games for a few years. Are there things that like you look back now, and you're like, "Oh, I missed that series, or I missed those games." Um, and like, are there any big holes that you kind of regret because of that that absence?
1: Um, I guess not really, because I feel like the, all the big tiles that came out, I got to them eventually. Like, I missed Gears for a very long time until like later on when I lived in that house in Arizona doing ministry, where like we bought we had a 360 and we bought Gears then. Um, I, I guess I missed the Borderlands craze, which is weird. Like I've never played Border, like I played Borderlands One and Two, cared about them. But then like last year, like Tales from the Borderlands really pulled me in for some reason, just Telltale storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I did miss out on the like Telltale of like Walking Dead. Like I never like I still haven't played Walking Dead One and Two, and I haven't played. Um, the fairy tale uh, wolf among us wolf
0: among us yeah so
1: around that time i missed stuff like that on the ps3
0: and xbox 360 at the time well there's always time to to go pick those ones up yeah like yeah. Um,
1: i bought the i bought the collection i have on my ps4 I just haven't started yet
0: there you go did you play uh like did you play the like when fallout came to uh, ps3 like fallout 3 fallout new vegas
1: uh no i missed out on fallout but i got into it with fallout 4 and then i bought when fallout 4 was announced i bought fallout 3 and i when i played through it now and i think it's i think if i would have played it back then i would have been more blown away by it yeah um i I missed this i missed i missed the skyrim craze but then i went to go play skyrim and i just like oh this
0: isn't for me (laughs) yeah i mean especially if you kind of like you touched on earlier like high fantasy isn't necessarily your thing that's like i in the in the fallout versus skyrim i lean towards fallout i don't hate High fantasy, um, but I like the sci-fi nature of of the Fallout's more. So yeah, yeah, I, I can appreciate yeah. that. Like Mass Effect versus Dragon Age, for example, I enjoy the Mass Effect series more. Oh no, I also I missed, enjoy I Dragon Age. Mass- you, oh, you missed Mass Effect.
1: I missed all. Yeah, I missed all Mass Effect. I have the collection on PS3. I just haven't started it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's like yeah. I I find like something like I have Nino Kuni on PS3, but like I've I've put my PS3 actually, my PS3 is like right over here. Like <laughs> that's me tapping my PS3 and uh and I just it's been unplugged for a year and a half now. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not like I have no interest in really like diving back into that world. Um yeah. so I just wish it'd come to I, PS4 or backwards like, compatible or whatever.
1: Yeah, I look it on my PS3 browser and I'm just like, I don't feel like starting this. And the and the, and the part is too is like so many people talk about the ending of three where it's just like, well then what's even the point? <laughs> like I know I, what happens.
0: Yeah. That's, and that's fine. Like it, I, and I, I feel this way towards, and I think we talked about this when, uh, when Frank was on, cause we talked about mass effect two on his episode. And uh, like, I'm much more of a, like, it's about the journey, not the destination kind of guy. Um, so yeah. like the characters and the stories that I made with, with all of those characters and in, in something like mass effect Um, resonate far more than yes uh, like a little palette swap ending that you you get you know red green or or blue um uh in the same way that like persona 4 golden like um i could get a bad ending in that game but i still had like great moments with the characters in that game um yeah so that's and and like that's a in another like um philosophical like uh bent i That's why spoiler culture doesn't bother me so much. I mean, like, yeah, don't be a dick and spoil something just to fuck with people. But um, if I hear, like, a key pivotal moment at the end of a something happened, um, I'm not like, I'm not immediately like, well, fuck, now I'm not going to experience it because I know that a story is more than one moment. Um, Or at least in my my mind it is. So uh, cool. Thank you for for running down your, your gaming history there, Danny. Um. Uh. It, interesting to uh, to hear about, and so I look forward to now kind of delving a little bit more into uh, one specific title you mentioned there. With topic two, your favorite game, Metal Gear Solid Three: Snake Eater. So, why is that your yeah. favorite game uh, of of the series, and and why does it kind of leap out as your favorite game um, of presumably of all time?
1: I talked about I it throughout that like uh summer living with my uncle because we didn't have a ps2 like a memory card so i had to like leave the playstation 2 on but i've gone back to it multiple times to um just analyze that game and why it's so important to me uh i remember when they were talking about it at e3 the trailers kojima was showing like the survival system of it and like the you know you have to kill to survive now and you're in the jungle and this you're not you're playing a snake but you're not the snake that you know you're you're Snake's dad. And I was just so kind of pulled in, by I was like, this is so interesting. It was the first game, the game that I played that was like, this isn't a sequel, this is a prequel. And um, the, it was still the same Metal Gear that I'd kind of known and loved on PS, PS1 PS and PS2. But it was the first one too, that you could play the game fully in first person. Because in, in Metal Gear Solid 2, you can go in first person and aim and shoot, but you couldn't move. In Metal 3, you can move and shoot in first person, um, which was really cool. But it, seeing these characters that you've kind of already known and heard about or seen in the series uh, come, like, see their origins was just something great to see how, like, he was intertwining his storytelling. So, like, the first time that you see Ocelot, and he's Revolver Ocelot now. He's not um, – or he's just Ocelot. He's not Revolver Ocelot at this time. And so – uh, you see young Ocelot, and then you're used to the Ocelot that you saw in Metal Gear 1 and in Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, As the story of like Big Boss that you've heard this character many of times about, um, and you never knew who you, like unless you played Metal Gear 1 and 2 on the NES, or, and, which I didn't, I played them later on the, on, the, on when you bought uh, Metal Gear Solid 3, it came with a copy of like on the disc to play Metal Gear 1 and 2, Snakes Revenge. And so that's like you play Big Boss's story. Um, but I, the storytelling he was telling of like, you're a snake and you, your mentor boss has defected to the Soviet union and is starting a nuclear war. And like, it's the woman that you love and that you have to take her down. It's just like so heart wrenching and like, it hurts playing that game to me and seeing everything that, uh, big boss went through to get to why he's at the way he is. And, um, there were just so many scenic moments in that game for me like that first scene when you see big boss or you see boss defect and she shoots the nuclear missile off in Savalkia and then it's just like fuck and it jumps away. it jumps to like a year later and like now you're doing now you're take your naked snake and you're doing the first the first halo jump that's ever been done and so he does the halo jump and then like you're playing through the game, you get you get to Vulcan or you get to Vulcan and you see like the first Metal Gear that ever existed um and when you're Playing When you're escaping the base, like you and Ava are in the motorcycle and there's like the railway shooter. Just everything about that game blew me away on like the fact that it was pushing the PS2 to its like potential that it had of like graphics and the way that the engine ran. Um, And just getting to the end of that game, like hearing what boss had to go through and why she defected and she did it for her country and there was a mistake so she had to own up to it. And like you're the only one that like can put her down and like you kill her. And like, you you die knowing that she was a war hero, that she never actually defected, that she did it for her country. And she sacrificed her child, which she didn't sacrifice, it was Ocelot the whole time. Um, but in like this amazing, beautiful storytelling way. And just like the scene of like her death is like when you, you're in, she's in this petal of white roses and then you shoot her and they turn red. And just like the symbolism behind that is like super heartbreaking and you take the title of big boss and like when you see like him getting the title and getting pinned for killing boss and like saving the u.s like you see the depression in his face that he's not happy for the country that he like works for and that he doesn't want to do this like he if he would have known from the beginning that this was what was going to happen and like the lies that they told him that he would never have done this mission and he would have defected with big boss because he loved her and just like kind of seeing why Big Boss is such a broken character and why he, at the end of America's Solid 4, like, you see, like, you hear, you get the full story of what happened and, like, why he made the Philosopher's, like, legacy and all this stuff and where, like, why the pages exist and, like, why he despises the U.S. And it just, like, the whole, like, spy espionage story was just really enthralling. Um so that was like one of the big components that pulled me was just the storytelling Kajim was telling. But the gameplay mechanics core wise was like the survival system. If you broke a bone, getting a splint and like, mending your health back to you. Like this is what you do in real life. If you're in like surviving in the jungle, what well, you have to eat and like, you have to watch out for the wildlife. If there are poisonous mushrooms that you eat, like you throw up and cause you don't like you have, you force yourself to throw it up cause you're going to die. Um, and then some of like the creative things was, there's a boss called the End, and there's there's this specific scene where it's like, they they have him at a dock and they put him out on the dock and they're talking to him and you have like a split five seconds to get your sniper out and shoot him, kill him right then and there, so you don't have to face him later. Um, and then people discovering stories of like, Kojima said like he wanted the End that boss fight to last a whole two weeks for people to figure it out, and then people figured out his time clock to like. Mm-hmm. And then it's automatically of old age.
0: Um, yeah. That's, that's yeah. one of the, like, I, I've i never, like, of the series, I've only played five. Um, but, like, that those kinds of stories that I've I've heard about, like, the little weird little Easter egg things that kind of get thrown in there like that. Um, yeah. Or, like, jump out as, like, oh, that's, like, that's a really creative um, approach to game design and to, like, a, a boss tactic where, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah. Uh, you can, you can, you can kill him here or you can kill him this way. If you just kind of either leave your game on for a while or like just cheat your game clock. Um, I was like, that's a, like, that's a very weird little meta kind of, uh, uh, level of storytelling.
1: Yeah. Um, and then there's the boss called the, um, not the fury. Is it the ghost or whatever? Um, if you kill people in the game, the boss fight's gonna last out of how many characters you've killed in the game. But if you didn't kill any, the boss fight ends immediately.
0: Is that the and one so where you like, where you're like walking up the river?
1: Yeah, you're walking up the river and you see all the dead people you've
0: killed. Okay, yeah, that's and that's another one. Like game. I so so I guess the it's it's interesting because like when I was going into five, I was like, okay, well, like one of the big things that got me to actually dive into five was that uh like Vincent and Janita was like it's it's very sparse on the story, so you're not gonna get like bogged down. I was like, okay, well that's so this seems like my entryway point, but I will go ahead and like watch like the history of Metal Gears in like 15 minute videos and stuff like that. And so I would see like a lot of these like iconic things Um, and it's it's interesting now kind of talking that the things that are jumping to my mind immediately seem to all kind of tie back to this game in particular
1: yeah um and then there are things like if you kill ocelot in one scene the game ends because it says you created a time ripple yeah and so it's like oh that's cool like you don't actually kill him because he's essential to the story so like you have to be like if the decision time of him kill him you actually don't kill him Mm-hmm. which is kind of like a weird mechanic, but it's cool. It's like, oh, that's interesting. Um, it's,
0: it's, they anticipated you trying to do that. And so they gave you a, yeah. they gave you the satisfaction of doing it, but then also realized that no, he still exists in, in Metal Gear one and two. So um, we can't, we can't actually have you play that.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like, there's a there's a one of the levels there's a swamp with an alligator if you kill it you can skin it and wear it like a rare crocodile hat to survive like to be sneaking underwater and like you can wear it and people think you're a crocodile. Um and there's always like you know Kojima's a goofy guy so there's always goofs and they're like throwing the porn magazine and looking at the bo- like looking at a dude watching looking at a porn magazine and then taking him down and stuff. Um But one of the mechanics that really – well, not a mechanic, but, like, an Easter egg that was, like, kind of weird that people discovered was there is a scene uh, when you get taken by Vulcan where you're being tortured in Grosnigrad. But if you save the game, turn it Mm -hmm. off, and then turn it back on and load up that save, you play this other game where, like, it's this dude with two swords, and you're fighting, like, these creatures that are coming out. And, like, it's all black and white, and it gets progressively just – Bread, and then the screen like the screen like as you're playing just tons of energy the screen the screen starts shaking and then like the, it goes black and you wake up and you're a snake in the jail cell having a nightmare it's like it's so interesting you put something like that in there for people to be like let me save at this point and then load it back up or like someone just did it on an accident discovered it and put it on a website and was like hey this is a thing yeah yeah um but, yeah, the funny part is, like, all these moments, all these things and the storytelling of it, like, it's very impactful. Like, it it made me care about the series and a video game more than I've ever cared about any video game. Um, and just, like, the voice actor performance, like, you could see, like, listening, like, when I played that game and I listened to the voice actor, like, you could feel the emotion that they put in while they were in the room recording their voices. And um, Five was, like, such a good... Like coming from three and then playing five, is kind of the point where I'm like, okay, like people talk about Peace Walker, and I came back to Peace Walker later on the collection because I didn't play it on PSP. Um, like just the transition of like the big boss there to the big boss that you, the big boss that you play in five, is such like a uh, interesting transition of seeing like where the story went and everything, and it's 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 cool, and so. Three is like my all-time favorite game, all-time my favorite Metal Gear, and it—it's always going to be special to me. Um, like—that's all I really have to say. Like, besides the Easter eggs, like you find out that like Raiden's great uncle was Vulcan's secret gay lover. <laughs> okay, sure. And then, and then, like in the final fight with big boss, um, there's three snakes in the courtyard. And they—if you kill each of them—they have like you eat and like you see them. You get them in your food inventory, or you capture them. The one—they're called solid, solidus, and liquid.
0: <laughs> A little easter egg like, for, the... for the future of the uh, future of the the chronology, at least. Yeah. Um. So, it. So it sounds like one of the the, the big draws of this game for you was the fact that you kind of had the history of one and two building on um on and then now you're getting to kind of go back and and see kind of how that all started for these characters yeah and then four. uh correct me if i'm wrong but four is kind of like the end of snake's journey right and the chronology
1: well yeah it's like it's like it's like the end all be all of all of it because it ends snake's journey and then like they it ends snake journey you think he commits suicide and then like it, it, they do the credits and then he like comes back and he's in the graveyard of Big Boss and then Big Boss like shoots the gun out of his hand and like Big Boss has been alive this whole time and tells him everything about like this is who the Patriots are and it's because of this guy right here Signet and Signet used to be my best friend until I left the until I left the U.S. and created um, uh, Outer Haven and all this stuff and then he created you know he want, he didn't want me to leave so he made three copies of me you Solidus and um, and so like getting to four like it was cool it was amazing to see like everything come together in the fruition of like this is the story these are these characters where these were the patriots um this was signet who ran the whole thing and the reason why he did it and why big boss left and why like it was an emotionally breaking thing for all these characters in the world and then like at the end of four like he says Um, only one snake can live and I want it to be you. And he tells like solid snake, like you are my, you are my legacy. You are my son and you're the one that needs to live.
0: And so if you've played all these games, that's, that's powerful. Yeah. um, and, And impactful that we don't, I mean, like, there are a lot of people out there that are, that, you know, kind of rail on, on storytelling in games is, is, somewhat behind storytelling in other, in other mediums. And while I definitely agree with that in, in essence, because we are like in its, in our like infancy still compared to like Mm. film that's had a hundred years theater, that's had thousands of years uh, video games and kind of identifying good storytelling in a video game is still um, still rare. But I mean, you can still have standout moments like that um and this kind of being a if you if you look at metal gear as like one long story told over the course of multiple games i think as wild and off the rails as it gets sometimes um i think the reason it has such like a rabid fan base is because it does kind of tell stories that that we don't see in games otherwise
1: yeah and when like not only because of like how metal gear is but be- how kojima is of all the years of him as of last year, the controversy with Konami, and we've known for years that he hasn't been happy working there. That he wanted to stop making Metal Gear. Like originally in Metal Gear Three, he wanted um, he wanted uh, uh, is it Keith or not Keith? Um, who's the guy who plays Snake in Escape to LA and Escape to New York? The actor.
0: Oh, uh, Kurt Russell.
1: He wanted Kurt Russell to voice him in Three. Yeah. And they couldn't. Then they couldn't afford Kurt Russell, so he went back with David Hayter. Um, but when you look at the storytelling of one and two and three, and even four, you see a change in that time because he made one and then he made two and I, he honestly wanted to be done after two. he didn't want to make three and you could see the depression of his depression in three because of how like sad of a game it is. At the end of the game, it's not like how at the end of one and two where this, there's kind of like a happy ending, but this led off of like. Something big's happening and like you know, to prepare for it. Like like the one at the end of one one could have ended there. Two, it leaves you in this cliffhanger of like something's coming and get ready for the next generation. Three leaves you with like a you know it's gonna happen, but like this is not a happy ending. Our character is not a happy person. He mm-hmm. does not live a happy life. Yeah. So you see like Kojima's emotions in that game.
0: And it recolors everything that comes afterwards in the in the storyline as well. Because now Yeah the things you thought were the case in one and two aren't necessarily there's, there's like a yeah. the hidden, hidden underbelly of it that, um, that recolors and retext, uh, textualizes the recontextualizes the, the story there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, when, when phantom pain came out, um, where did like, were you, cause I know some people that are diehard, um, like, fans of the series look at phantom pain and say it's like it's not a metal gear game um and then there are others that uh like like myself who like that's my only metal gear game um yeah as as somebody that like looked from the uh the outside in with respect of the series um for for years it's just too much to kind of try and dive into and and uh ingratiate myself with um but when i heard like that gameplay was kind of the, the real seller of phantom pain. I was like, okay, well, I don't need to, I don't need to know everything that happened in the other games. I'm going to go ahead and give this a shot. And I really had a great time with it. Um, And if it's, it's the kind of thing that if I could get the other games in a, in a modern setting or not, not a modern setting, but like modern um, gameplay mechanics wise, if I didn't have to go back to the shitty Uh, mechanics that we touched on in in the last topic of of how weird and out of place those early games feel Um, I'd be much more inclined to try and go back and and experience the story as a whole but because it is tougher to do that I'm I'm much more inclined to just kind of sit back and and like watch you know a half hour video on YouTube of of the story to kind of fill in the gaps Um, yeah I'm curious kind of where you fell on Phantom Pain while we're kind of talking about Metal Gear. Yeah. And and Ground Uh, Zeroes, if you want to delve into that too.
1: Yeah. So Ground Zeroes for me was like a, I was like, oh, this is a, when I played I was like, okay, this isn't, I didn't think it wasn't Metal Gear. I was like, it was short. And um, for me, it was because I didn't play, uh, I didn't play Peace Walker yet. So I didn't know who Paz was. And like, I was like, who are these characters? I don't know what's going on. Um, And I was like, it's in a very, I was like, okay, instead of me giving this, like this big open, like, not Mega but like, give me like this linear place. It's this one playground. It's very reminiscent of Shadow Moses in a way. And I was like, okay. So I played it, and I played all the things. And then they showed Brighton, the writing level. They like, oh, go, "This is, they're just like mini games. And it's kind of showing like." And then when he says, like, "It's just a demo. This is how Metal Gear Five is going to play." And I was like, "All right, I'm going to give it a shot. I'm not against it." So I played them, and I and I asked ranked all the missions. So it's like, okay. Like I'm ready for Metal Gear Five when it comes out. And uh, I honestly think he should have. He probably shouldn't have either in a way where it's like he showed the trailer for Phantom Pain when it's just the Phantom Pain the VGAs um, and the game wasn't ready yet obviously so he released ground zeros of like a taste like this is what you're going to get sorry for the delay we're working on it and so he gave you ground zeros and it helped people over um, and so then at the time it was great now I'm going to go back to Peace Walker and then I played Peace Walker and they made more sense to me about who Paz was and why I was impactful of like what happened at the end of it um, of your 5 finally comes out and I bought the collector's edition with the, the arm and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, GameStop had uh, not gotten their shipment in the day of, so I had to wait for it to be ordered. So I waited five days after the game was out to play it. So I like I I like usually I don't care about spoilers. It's whatever it happens, it happens. We live in the 2016. We live in the 20th century. People are that you're gonna spoil things on the internet. It's hard to get avoid it no matter what. So but this one I was like, I went full block I was like I don't want to hear anything I don't want to see anything like I, I want it like this is what I want to experience on the PS4 for myself this is what I've been waiting for. Um, get it five days later, and I just go full ham and playing that game and I just felt in love with it. And I'm one of those people where it's like people complain like this is not a Metal Gear game. Great story. Um, coming off of Peace Walker 2 I was like okay it's played the same way mission base wise, but there is story in the, in like the characters in the world and the like building you're building um, Outer Haven. Like that's, that's what's going on. That's the story that we've been told that Outer Haven was a thing that snake comes and blows up later. Um, so I was like, all right, We're building Outer Haven. This is a story going on. And like, you know, you're hearing this, like you're finally seeing the story of like people who, when you play through the series, you hear of like people like big boss was this great man in the war and, like, throughout Wars. And so, like, you're finally seeing, like, the story of, like, when Oslo worked with Big Boss, um, when, uh, um, what's his name, uh, Otacon's dad worked with Big Boss, um, when, like, the time of, like, uh, them being born had already happened. And so, like, you were, like, I I, mean, I didn't know what was going to happen at the end of the game. Like, I for me, I thought it would have been perfect if the game ends with you, like, the end of, Five being this is Outer Haven, and all of a sudden you see Snake show up on Outer Haven, and so it's just like that's what I wanted the game to be at the end. Um, because they were saying, like, Kojima say This was going to tie everything together, this is the untold story. Um, so you're playing through it, and then you get the character Quiet. And Quiet is a people who, like, like you said, did play Metal Gear, this is the first Metal Gear, aren't going to understand why Quiet's there in general, but um. People are like, grow her off because, oh, she's half naked. This is a, like, he just put a naked chick to put it in there. Like, it's very sexual. It's very dumb. And I was like, if you guys don't know who Kojima is, like, when he made Metal Gear 4, he wanted to hang out with models. So he said, hey, let me make an an army of model chicks. And so I get them in my game and I can hang out with them. (laughs) That's Kojima. That's who he is. It's a goofy thing. And yeah, her disease of her having the skin disease that, like, she takes photosynthesis through, like, air and grass. Sure, whatever. It's not going to bother me. Um, but then, like, the story of Skullface and him building, like, Metal Gear Rex. And Metal Gear Rex is a representative, like, or not Metal Gear Rex, Cell uh, Hathropus is, like, the first model towards Rex. Uh, and, like, seeing Liquid as a child, you play, like, you know, that's Liquid. And um, seeing uh, Psycho Mantis, it's like all these characters that we've heard about are appearing younger and it's like their origin story and where they came from and how they're connected and so like it, it ultimately at the end of the day that the last did you beat all of it? like did you get to chapter two and beat the last part yeah or the last story mission yeah okay so like that whole twist this isn't the real spoilers put your spoiler ears on it people don't want the five spoiled for them getting to like the disease and them dying and like that last scene. Like one one of the last missions, you know, when you have to kill all of your like your men who are infected and they're like they like salute you and they're like, we live for the boss and we die by the boss. i was like heartbreaking. This is like what they've talked about where like the boss loved his people. And so it's like he he has to kill them. And like it's another thing of him like this is breaking him as a person, even though it's not you. And then you get to the end and you find out that he's like you're my phantom you are not actual big boss i'm hiding because of like the patriots after me and that the big boss that you are is the big boss that dies in metal gear one on outer hate and that's why when you get to the end of metal gear 2 snakes revenge big boss is still alive again yeah and because it was written not originally him and then when you at the end when um you're listening to the tape the tape says operation uh something i forget what it is that is the mission that Snake takes to come to um, shout, or come to uh, Outer Haven. So that was like the way that he Kojima wanted to wrap things up, since he didn't get to finish making the game. And if mm-hmm. you got the Collector's Edition, you you got the DVD that gave you the last mission, like showed you like the storyboards and what was going to happen. Yeah. And like you see um, him about to kill uh, Liquid, but he doesn't do it. And Liquid's voice is changing because he has the disease. And that's what makes his voice turn British out of nowhere. And because how the voice, the voice the parasite changes your voice from like the way like your accent of how you speak your language. So that's why Liquid changes his accent to British so he doesn't die. Because if he speaks normal English, an American accent, he'll die. And then like how he teams up with Psychomantis, because Psychomantis saves him.
0: Yeah. yeah so for me I, it was like I, that, was, that was
1: that was the story.
0: Yeah, I, and I thought I like I sought that like the the chapter three or mission forty sick or whatever it was like I sought that out um, to, to kind of experience that even though I don't have like one of the things I loved about Metal Gear 5 having not played anything was that um, like the way it's shot um, uh, when like White Mamba shows up it's shot in, in such a way that I can I even without that historical knowledge of the series I can identify that this is an important character because of the way Kojima's lingering on him and, and the way he introduces him in the game, um, that like my cursory knowledge of knowing, um, about solid snake and liquid snake and and solidus, um, I I can identify and say, okay, well, this is probably somebody important, um, in, in the grand scheme of things. And I, and then I would do kind of the extra little legwork to go out and like connect the dots that weren't, um, in my kind of, in my repertoire. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I greatly appreciate that. And I also love the, like, I, I'm not, I don't often kind of go through and, and, uh, and like pick up or listen to every like codex or audio log these days. Um, um, but I like, I did for that game and there's a ton of story that's like, that is fleshed out through the diaries and stuff that, that are like completely optional. Um, and that's like, that's where you will actually hear Kiefer Sutherland kind of doing the performance and and stuff is is much more in that um in that like way of telling the story um that uh I I appreciated um I I would have like I get people's gripes about the story not being told you know as you're playing it and instead being told kind of after a mission you get that's when you get access to you know a couple extra audio tapes or something that kind of fill something in um but i still like the story is definitely there you just have to go looking for it
1: yeah and like you get like the last one of the last audio logs is like also talking to big boss and he tells him like this is what's going to happen now like you know one of them is going to come after you and kill you and take your legacy. And like he and he tells him like I know this is what I need you to do. Like he knows that Solidus is taken from the Patriots and the Patriots are raising Solidus. And he tells um, Liquid or he tells us, like you have to go train Liquid. You have to go take care of him. And then he says oh, and then the other guy, um, Miller, Master or whatever is raising Snake. Yeah, Master oh, Miller yeah. is raising Snake. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that was, like, the story that, like, that was kind of the way of, like, he's, like, this is what happens between this and one. this is like, you guys are all going off, and you're training my sons.
0: <laughs> so, um, how, uh, like, how frequently do you go back and play something like Metal Gear Solid 3? Or, or over the years, maybe maybe you're not really diving back into it these days, but um, is that something, I think you touched on, you kind of played it a lot um, after that initial Bum rush where you had to play it all in one sitting because you didn't have the memory card. You said you you went back. Yeah, and so it and I, it every now and then. after that,
1: yeah, after that summer, I went back home and then I replayed three again so I could play it on my own time to just digest it instead of rushing through it just to get it over and done with. Um, but it's it's a game like I have the collection and sometimes I'll replay that and I'll replay four because they're easy, The controls are easier to play those yeah. two games than two and one is.
0: Yeah, they're they're significantly closer to to like this generation so that makes sense yeah um
1: and if i replay one i always play the twin snakes on gamecube because the controls are still good on that for me <laughs> cool
0: yeah uh well, any any final thoughts on uh, on metal gear 3 or the metal gear series in general kenny you want to you want to i would say
1: on? i would say to people that have like still been holding off on metal gear 5 if you really want the full experience to somehow figure out if you want like like i said I sent the collection to damon and like he has like nothing but the highest praise to talk about metal gear now because of it where i'm just like if you really kind of want to feel the full experience of five is like push through it play those old games because you're really going to understand it and care about that the game more and more about the story and the world and the characters
0: all right so i guess i'll i'll be diving into my ps3 eventually. yeah <laughs> eventually. um cool great uh well, would, thank you for... i would say
1: at least dive back into three Okay. That's like, because that's really the story, of Big Boss.
0: <laughs> the, yeah, so I can I can appreciate where that character is going into Five. Makes sense. Um, great. Well, thank you for for uh, in, in uh, engaging me and in, and educating me a little bit on Metal Gear Solid Three and and your uh, your deep deep love of it. Um, topic three. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you. Topic three, uh, anime. This is another one that I know so little about, but as soon as as soon as you agreed to be on, I was like, well, I know we're going to be talking about anime, um, and then a couple days later, you were like, oh yeah, and the topic, of course, we're going to be talking about is anime, and I was like, duh. <laughs> so, so tell me about anime, because my whole exposure to it is basically like Pokemon, the original series, and that's about it. So, you're, you're older than me, I, but yep. you... You, That's true. Did, you
1: never watch like things like *Tsunami* with like Dragon Ball Z or anything like
0: that? No, like Dragon Ball Z. I mean, like it was on, but I never, I never watched it, never delved into it. Um, uh, yeah, it was just like, it wasn't, it, it never like hooked me. Um, I mean, even Pokemon, like I watched Pokemon for like, cause Pokemon hit when I was probably in high school, uh, or at least the series. Okay. Well, I'm trying to think now, I mean like middle school, high school age, um, where it like even I was a little too old to be watching something like Pokemon, you know, among my friends. So it was, it was yeah, yeah, like it just never got. I was much more of like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or X Men kind of like those are the cartoons I watched. So yeah, I, I, like Dragon Ball Z, like I, I would see it, and it was it was another one of those where I was like, okay, that's just not that's not something that is immediately drawing me in and enticing me. So it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like the dub or, um, or, or what, but yeah, I was just like, I, I never got into any, any really, um, anime or, or manga or any of that kind of, um, like that genre, culture, whatever. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, like, I, like, I know just as a, as a, like a child of pop culture and stuff, I know some of the big names. Um, like i know about like princess mononoke and and dragon ball obviously and uh and now, now that like i follow you i see a ton of shit that uh, comes up on <laughs> um, do i just
1: shitpost anime all day
0: yep pr- pretty <laughs> much um so like i i'm i'm certainly getting more well versed but yeah i just haven't really actually watched any of uh any of it so yeah. tell me about anime what is what is what makes for good anime
1: anime is trash no just kidding uh anime japanese animation just that's what the word's for there's not people are always like what is anime what does anime mean japanese cartoons no just animation um where it's always kind of been weird where it's like anime's been related to japanese cartoons where it's like american cartoons are just called cartoons um but i think it's just visually the art style of how they do things but for me is it, it starts back when um I was young. I was probably like six years old, six, seven, and I had that neighbor named David that was Japanese who lived in Japan. Mm-hmm. So obviously he's, parents grew up watching old Japanese anime like Robotech and stuff like that. Um, and he would bring over VHSs that he had that were Dragon Ball Z movies or uh, this anime called Tenchi Muyo back in the day. And so we'd watch them in Japanese and he would, like, they were subs. So like he, I would read them and he would tell me what they were saying sometimes. Um, but, I think for people who want to get into anime, it's very rare if you didn't start as a kid, like with a lot of people who got into anime at a younger age and now are more to it is because of things like Cartoon Network where they started doing, uh, which they were like, they were bringing, they were licensing, licensing and bringing over anime and make like dubbing it with English actors. And the first round of it was like Sailor Moon, uh, Dragon Ball Z, uh, Card Capture Sakura and stuff like that. And, um, I think it found its audience there, but it was so funny because Toonami was like a, at first it used to be just on Saturdays on weekends, and so that's where I would always watch it, Um, and then later on it became like a late, they did Toonami in the afternoon, so they would show things like Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, uh, Card Captures, um, and then this one called Ronin Warriors, And so then I remember I I grew up Catholic. So my dad would send me to this Catholic school that I'd be in, like, I do this Bible class during the afternoon when it was coming on. And he put a VHS and record episodes of Dragon Ball Z for me. So I'd watch Dragon Ball Z when I got home. Um, But when I, the people who didn't grow up with there, it's like, uh, there are story, like, it's very, obviously, there's vast amounts of anime. There's an action anime, There's day-to-life anime, like, just about going to school day-to-day life with Japanese high school student or middle school student. There's um, horror anime. Uh, There's sports anime, which I'm really into right now. Um, And so, like, they try to make it in the sense of, like, there's something for everybody. Uh, But a lot of, like, the big popular ones, One Piece, Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, started 10 15 years ago when I, you know, my age when we were kids, so that we got into it. And I think it was when it came over to America, it was an easy transition from cartoons to like, oh, this is a more mature cartoon for you guys to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, So the, the big three, I've always been Dragon Ball Z, One Piece and Naruto. And now Naruto's ended and Dragon Ball Z is coming back, and One Piece is still existing, um, and it's people who are trying to get to that level with new animes, now they're trying to find, like, what's the big thing that's going to hitch people into this, and it's going to be, like, another 10-year anime and stuff. Um, recently, in the anime movement, that has been very, like, it's more because it becomes a lot harder to push out weekly episodes, and especially because anime fans are very, <laughs> just like the internet, they're, they they're either very likable or they're very hateful yeah. and the idea of like comic books were like that's not canon in the movies um the, there's things called mangas which are japanese comics and they're like oh this is a filler episode this doesn't actually exist in the manga arc so it's not canon so therefore this sucks um, so that's why it's hard to push out Anime is like one piece where it's like, hey, we're telling the main story. Okay, now we're gonna take a break and tell the side story. Because it doesn't exist. going we need time for animators to catch up? Or we need to wait for the manga to go further to tell an actual story. And there's things like um Full Metal Alchemist. There was Full Metal Alchemist that came out, and it the manga was still going on side by side, but then it got ahead of the manga, how like Game of Thrones is ahead of the books. Yeah. Um so the story went different than the manga did. So there was two separate stories being told at the same time. So Full Alchemist ended and then they came back years later with Full Alchemist brotherhood. And they're like, this is the true story. This follows the whole manga. Now that the series is done. So it's things like, like I guarantee you when Game of Thrones finishes its books, they'll probably redo Game of Thrones or redo some new season to tell a story.
0: Book story. Maybe. Came. I mean, they, from very early on with Game of Thrones, they, I think they anticipated that they were going to end up telling like different stories. And so they started making changes from the book very early on. So I think you'll just have, I mean, yes, eventually I'm sure they will. Because because Hollywood has like no new ideas. Yeah. We'll get in 10 years, we'll get game of Thrones um, again, and it'll be much more in line with the books until that one gets ahead of book seven, because of course, George RR Martin won't have finished that one yet.
1: (laughs) yeah um, but in anime they do a great job companies like uh studio trigger or even uh protection production ig there's enemies studios they do a really great job of building characters that people care about in a sense of like emotionally and like they they grab people where it's like dragon Ball Z attracted people for its fights and for its animation that's the great fights that it had in it and i don't think anybody actually cares people do care for the characters but I don't think anybody relates to the characters because no one in real life can get super powered like then their hair turns gold or yellow or whatever. But then there are animes where it's like um Haikyuu that I watched I'm into. It's about volleyball where it's more so about like um, persistence and teamwork and growing as a person um, where it's like you care about these characters and them like they don't want to be the best volleyball team, but like they're like the whole main character's goal is like he wants to go to finals, and he has his team final that has the potential to go to finals, and like they're all training together because they have one singular goal to work together, and it's like kind of cool seeing how they and there's three seasons of it so far, how far they've come. Because in the first season, they get to like the preliminaries and then they lose, and you kind of see. So when they lose, you so see it's, them it's, kind it's of like, like Glee, their
0: but for volleyball. It's like the TV show Glee. But in anime, yeah, volleyball. Yeah, I love it. it's, uh, it's pretty it's, much. Yeah, Real quick, real quick sorry, uh, sidebar. Uh, when you first, like, or I saw a tweet of yours a couple of days ago that was like, hi, Q, something, something, something. And I, I I misread it at first. And so I was like, that's not a haiku, whatever you wrote afterwards. <laughs> I was like, what, the, like, Danny, <laughs> do I need to educate you on poetry? And then I like, I reread it. And I was like, oh, this is just one of his anime things. Okay, never mind.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But so it's, it's about this team so, that's like, just you, trying to get better.
1: Yeah. But like you see them lose and you see kind of like how emotionally broken they are by it, where it is like this is like they, this is all they wanted. And because like the idea of like there's people on their team that are like 30 years, like they're juniors in high school. And when you're a junior in high school in Japan, you're kind of supposed to stop doing clubs. Cause you're supposed to focus on your studies to go to college and get like a real job and stuff. So it's like, they're telling me, like, Hey, this is your last preliminaries. If you like, if you don't like, they want to win it bad. Cause they want to go to um, the, the finals. And then it's like, you see them lose. And there's like this scene where like their coach takes them out to eat. And he's like, you like, you literally don't take us out to eat unless we like win and celebrate. And he's like, you guys need to eat. You played a great tournament. And so like, you see them in mean, as they're eating, they start crying. And I started crying and uh my roommate brennan's watching like sitting there with me watching he goes dude i was like he was like this is so real and i was like really he's like "He's yeah. he's like, he told me he like i was in a lacrosse team in high school and we got to like preliminaries and we were so close to the finals and we lost and when we lost like on the grass and punched the grass and, and cried and i was like oh dang he's like yeah like so it, they did this good job of showing the reality of like a sports team of like coming together and wanting to succeed. And now in the second season, they're in like they're in the preliminaries again, but they're playing against the top team. And then in the final round, if they win, they go to the um, but it, whatever it is, the big tournament. But uh, but yeah, so it's stuff like that um, that like pulls like pulled me in, and I know other people as well. But then like, there's my favorite anime, uh, Gurren Lagann. There's um. There's there's two main characters and one of the main characters dies because they're brothers, and they do this great job of like this two episode arc of like, of like the little brother grieving, and like what it what like what people go through when they're grieving for a death one, for a dead one. And for me it's like it was super empowering because I lost my brother when I was eight years old, so like I was kind of like reliving that moment again through him watching it. And there's a scene where he kind of comes back when he because like they're being attacked by these people and he like he comes back to save him and He's like bro's dead but he's here inside my heart and, and like he has a symbol on his back and he's, he's on my back and he's always with me and like I was just like fuck and I lost it so it's stuff like that where like they do great job of storytelling these characters that make you care about them or connect with things about them and it's like the same concept of video games where there are certain characters that you can connect with in stories and stuff like that um but then there's just like high fantasy ones with like these cool action scenes that's just like oh this is really good animation where it's like People care about video games where it's like, oh man, look at this game; it's so beautiful. Well, look at this animation; like it's amazing looking. Like they did a great job. Like movies, like Studio Ghibli putting out Princess Mononoke or Spirit Away or My Neighbor Totoro, and watching from where he started from when he did Nausicaa in like 1986, and seeing the animation of like pastel oil painting, and versus to like where they where they're at now digitally, and how like they make things look nowadays. Where it's like visually, this movie is stunning as an anime. Um. So it's all in the culture, I would say, and I think I would not doubt that it's going to be around forever. But I, it's funny seeing where anime has grown from, like the early days. Because from the early days, like you would watch on tsunami, but if you wanted to like buy anime like movies or like toys or figures, there was like this store like called Suncoast City or whatever, and I remember I used to go there, and it was like this just dark store and like their lights were really dim it was like a holster pretty much and and, like you would go there and people would like think you were weird buying anime (laughs) people would judge you and stare at you now now it's like kind of culturally acceptable
0: yeah i mean well like i think i think especially in the in the age of like the nerd that we're kind of in where i mean like it's like you have people that are that talk about like the age of the geek and the age of the nerd and, and stuff where like, because we're kind of part of that community, I think we kind of maybe overinflate how actually influential we are. But a lot of the things that that have historically been like nerdy things are growing in prominence and popularity, like comic books with the, you know, the, the, um, the modern comic book movie. Now everybody knows who the Avengers are and stuff um, that I think Kind of anime has kind of become like one of the next frontiers for for that, um, and and people have kind of latched onto it. Things like Crunchyroll obviously make make it way more accessible to us as well. Um, yeah, uh, and, and enjoyable. Um, real quick, I wanted to go back. Uh, you you mentioned kind of the the character had like a, a symbol on their back, um, like yeah. painting the brother. Um, because I know you like you are uh, a big fan of like getting tattoos. Have you thought about getting that? tattoo or that that symbol on you uh, like an uh, homage to that both that show and and your your brother
1: not of the symbol but there's a the whole idea of the show is like they um they come from like the the underground like the humans live underground they've never come to earth and they find like dig like the brother wants to know what like there's a there's something on top of this dirt like out of this hole and so like the brother's name is simone he's called simone the digger so he has a drill and he finds a drill and it activates the mecha robot that gets him out of it so i thought about getting the drill bit tattooed on me
0: Okay.
1: Interesting. presentation of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, a couple things we touched on earlier that I wanted to kind of follow up on. So, uh, uh, like Dot Hack, we we touched on, and like yeah. that was that was a series that obviously we enjoyed in in video game form. Um, and I remember playing it, um, knowing that there was an anime for it, and thinking at the time, like if I were more into anime, that's something I would have watched. And I think I might have even like. I think one of them came with like a DVD or something, so I might yeah, have like watched an episode or two of, or I'm, like I might have watched the anime, but it certainly didn't like it doesn't stand out yeah. and resonate with me. Um, but yeah, so like the um, did like, did you kind of continue on with it when uh, with uh, was it GU dot hack GU like whatever the GU, next series? Yeah. was. yeah, I was you. Oh.
1: I didn't follow up with GU, but so when the games came out, the original ones, they came out with DVDs for movies, and the movies were a different story being told that were more connected with the game, because the anime was kind of separated from the game, but the idea was there were characters that were missing in the anime that would show up in the game, and that was like the story of like, hey, if you wanted those characters to character start there in the video game, and I'll play the story there. Um, and they did a separate series after the games were over, and after Dot .hack signed, the first series was over um just called dot hack twilight and it was the story of kite from dot hack um video game series and it was like his story being told with the characters in there and then yeah. so kind of like I, the, I the anime
0: did, version of what you played
1: yeah like all the characters yeah. from the game are now as an anime
0: so you get that story okay. there um, so kind of like what never, uh what like they've done with the persona making yeah it the anime.
1: exactly yeah. what they done. With... yeah but I never followed up with GU. Like, I didn't even play GU because I think I was already out of the PS2 when it was, like, coming out. And I was yeah. like, oh, I kind of want to go back to the... Like, I want to go back to playing, but I was like, uh, no.
0: Yeah, S- same here. I yeah. imagine those ones are, are far more expensive than the uh, than the standards. Okay, uh, and then yeah. the other thing you touched on earlier that I wanted to circle back on was Gundam, specifically. Yeah.
1: Um. So, um, so, Gund- no. <laughs> so Gundam for me, was, there was... Uh, what are we sorry? So uh Toonami had dot hack or they had Gundam Wing. That was the Gundam series that was first coming to America. Um, besides like in the nineteen eighties when they just did playing Gundam, but I guess it didn't stick with audiences as much as Gundam Wing did. Uh Gundam Wing was kind of a very weird but it wasn't weird but more of like a smart show where it's like the Gundam Wing was very much about politics um so the main the one of the main stories is like there's a war happening there's a rebellion and then there's like this uh chick who's trying to stop the war but she's a pacifist so she doesn't believe in like warfare happening with warfare and so like the people who pilot the gundams like the main character Hito, is like he's like i will fight he's like i will fight it by myself i will fix this in the colonies um and like that story alone kind of just pulled me in like him duo um so like all the characters like they were all so intriguing their Gundams were fucking awesome the fights were so cool um but I remember like the Bean sticking with it all through Tsunami and like it's probably one of the better animes that had been dubbed for a long time one of the biggest fights with the anime fans is dub versus sub um but they did a great job with like matching the American voices to like the Japanese mouth movements um but that was that's what some, like pulled me in, and ever since then, I was like, I just want to pilot a Gundam someday if they ever exist. And I've always been the jerk, Like, listen, I will never join the army, but if one day they said you can play a giant pilot, a giant robot, sign me up. I'll be right there. I'll do it immediately. Um, like, you know, games like Titanfall. Like, that's why I want to play them. And I've played every Gundam Muso that have come that's come to the systems, even though they're they're very they're terrible. They're not good. Um, and so yeah, Gundam Wing. Uh, I tell people is like people who want to get the gun of I always recommend that to them. Cause I'm like, it's very smart. <sighs> there is episodes where literally like there are people in a debate room, just debating politics for 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's, I mean, from, from our conversation and kind of my, my outsider's perspective, um, I definitely see kind of a, a, like a maturity level or, or like a, a a decision to kind of confront adult topics and ideas in in the notion of anime that we don't often if really ever see too much in in like american animation i think kind of going yeah. back to like the days of like you know mickey mouse shorts and and looney tunes and stuff it's always kind of been i mean there are certain things where you can like play with the subtext that's going on there and the and the the subtle kind of hints at like a bigger or more adult topics, but like, you know, in the in the Roadrunner versus Wile E. Coyote, that's just a lot of slapstick. And, and you got like, The Simpsons coming in that kind of address, you know, certain family and the dysfunctional family, but it's still all kind of told through the lens of like sitcom. And so we don't have too much in the way of dramatic animation. Um, on, yeah. the, uh, on the American side that and like, I, I feel like every now and then I'll see a hint of something like that. Like some of my favorite episodes of like Futurama, for example, are when it does get real and deals with death or, or like significant emotions. But even that still has like a lot of intentional humor in there to kind of ease the blow of, yeah we're we're about to get real that I think kind of what I see or what I hear about from, from anime is that it's, it's, and, and, you know, I'll I'll see it in something like Persona four where that's like the closest to uh, to anime I've, I've kind of been in recent years is kind of the the adult level of storytelling that they, that we see in something like that, um, that we wouldn't necessarily see in something stateside.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is like a lot of anim- like animes that have series, um, like episodes, they, there's certain episodes that hit people there. So like uh, I tell people who watch anime like watch Cowboy Bebop. The the dubbing's amazing, but there are episodes where they touch on things where it's like, Drug addictions, or like, um, there's like a goofy episode about like leaving food in the fridge and stuff like that. But then it deals with like uh, betrayal and um, cop, like a story like detectives and stuff like that. And then there's movies like uh, Princess Mononoke is all about like us as humans destroying nature and like starting war, starting wars and destroying the world because of it, and what's going to happen to us and stuff like that. Where it's like they they give you these adult topics, spirit away is about like the loss of growing up, and like. Mm-hmm you know forgetting your childhood and stuff like that so they like there are movie animated movies that try to deal with these topics of like this is important and then there's enemies where it's like you'll see the characters evolve through that and go through things
0: yeah like i think um like bojack horseman's i think one of the the modern examples of like what i would consider an adult animated show uh that we have on netflix yeah that I mean, yeah, there's there's certainly humor in that, but that is entirely a show about depression, and yeah. dealing with depression, and and yeah, like drugs and and all that stuff. Um, and I think for American audiences, at least, that kind of stands out um, among the crowd as opposed to uh, maybe anime, where that's possibly more the norm. Um, like, I mean, again, like the uh, the that you were talking about like seems very reminiscent to me of glee and the the framework of that you know a group of kids kind of banding together for a goal and then the realities of them not achieving that goal and how are they how do they kind of come back from that told through the lens of sitcoms and and pop music and stuff but it's yeah a lot of the the kind of i see uh and and it could be like a skill set that we just don't have necessarily in, in, in our animation since we've historically sent animation overseas anyway for, for cost prohibitive reasons. That like we'll see those kinds of stories more likely in live action than we would in, in anime uh, or than, than we would in, in American animation. Um, and, and yeah, like it's, I feel like just animation here is by and large considered kind of a kiddie thing um, where like we, we grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons. And then at some point, you moved to live action stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I grew up watching you know X Men and then went to Power Rangers. Um, uh, and so it's uh, like I appreciate that there is kind of that um like adult aspect to anime. Even though I've never like personally kind of consumed the, the media, um, it's something that I've I've certainly seen from the outside of like oh they like they go places there. That even, you know, the Emmy award-winning drama shows here wouldn't go to, um, and and they can I don't know if they can if get away with it is the right word, but they can they can certainly do other things with the medium of animation that that we don't necessarily uh, or that we take for granted, probably.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, and uh, like it's it's kind of for people um, who are listening or watching is like. When I say like there's an, like an anime for everybody, obviously that's like saying like oh there's a thousand channels on cable, and nothing to watch. So it's not true, but like they try to do something for everybody in the sense of like watch anime. Who could, like IGN Anime Group brought a bunch of like people who like loved anime, and now they have a group to share. And have a bunch people are making friendships on there. Like when I talk to Miranda or um, Callie about it, like they're so amazed at, like how much love they're getting, how much like the group has like, grown, and how much people get together now. And it's like Dude, people who are anime fans felt like they were misfits. and felt like they were alone, and yeah. like, there are animes that make people like make you tell like make you feel like you're not alone. You're it, like for like these characters, the animators know that like they're they're serving a certain audience and people that watch it. It's like you're not alone. We're here for you, and you can like and people who like it will relate with you.
0: Yeah, we like we touched on it a little bit in the uh, in the and, the gaming section, but I like that's exactly how I describe when uh, when like I talked to my friends or my coworkers here or something like when I tell them, Oh yeah, I'm going to San Francisco for like a kind of funny event. Um, I kind of talk about it in the tone of like, we were all misfits who grew up kind of having to hide the fact that we were gamers. Cause being a gamer was like a weird, uh, like a, there was a stigma to it, but when we're out there and we're all together, like that's where we can be ourselves for kind of the first time. Um, and, yeah. and for, for most of us for, for the first time, you know, a lot of us, are the solitary experience. We don't. Uh, we we don't uh, like. We didn't have that group of friends growing up. Or even if we did, you know, like I I had a group of friends that I would play with. But then high school came, and we kind of all went our separate directions. And and uh, and and so now I can kind of reconnect with everybody in this digital age, or and when we go and hang out in person, um, and and we have that kind of common language with us that um, it sounds like like the, the, the anime club, IGN anime club and the, the Facebook group and stuff kind of have that as well for their kind of, they were, you know, a, a, a very niche um, experience, but they weren't alone. They were alone for years and now they've been introduced to, uh, to the idea that they aren't alone. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so for, for, uh, for for someone for someone uninitiated like myself, what would you recommend be some like some animes that I try and dive into? You said Cowboy Bebop? Um uh, uh, Cowboy
1: Bebop. Um Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood.
0: Um have you watched the uh just uh not not related to this necessarily, but have you watched the uh the Final Fantasy fifteen anime?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's I that um, it's pretty good. I like it a lot. It's kind of funny how they are um, – it's kind of the backstory of, like, before Five, when, like, Fifteen picks up, it's, like, they're already pushing the car and everything mm-hmm. um, from what I've seen. So this is, like, how they get to that point. And then it's every person – like, the first episode is about Noctis and, like, what happened to his mom. Like And then the rest episodes are about, like – the next episode's is about Prompto and then Claudio. And then – so it's about how they all – Kind of met Noctis, but how, why they follow Noctis, like why they're there with him and why they
0: care about him. Which is very really cool. cool. Well, I, I, I've i got the stupid giant collector's edition coming, so that's kind of what I'm waiting for is like when that comes, that's when I'm going to watch that. I'm going to watch King's Wave and, and do all that stuff. Yeah, and,
1: I and, haven't watched and, King's Wave yet. Game. I've been meaning to, but I think because I had the dumb collector's edition coming too, so I might.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Us and the stupid money that we're. Yeah. we're spending on this thing and hoping it's a good game actually i mean like i it's grown on me even like even since playing it that for that first hour and thinking like this isn't the final fantasy game i'm looking for yeah. um uh, it's it's still not like because i'm i'm like final fantasy six is my favorite of, of them all and, and i like that i like the more turn-based stuff um and think that they've gone kind of down the rabbit hole of like they make very pretty games that aren't necessarily deep and engaging. Um, mm. But I, you know, I, I like I'm warming up to it, and I and I'm I'm hoping that it'll be good. So um, yeah. anyway, sorry. Uh, Cowboy Bebop, Full Metal Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Brotherhood. Um,
1: um, watch both of those dubbed. Those are amazing dubs. Um, Fate Stay Night, uh, Unlimited Blade Works uh and then i would say erased but erased is only subbed it's still in japanese but that was like last year's anime of 2015 and they kind of give you a concept of it it's um it's kind of like the butterfly effect but as an anime okay and then for movies like uh anything ghibli i would say most like princess mononoke spirited away and um, and then uh this movie that came out last year the boy and the beast
0: the boy and the beast yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um and then what was yeah. the like you what was the one that was your favorite? Um uh
1: oh uh garen Guren Lagan.
0: Guren Lagan. Okay. Yeah. I'll probably like go up afterwards for like how the hell to spell that. But um <laughs> yeah. uh, uh cool. Awesome. Any uh any last like any last thoughts on anime? Before we dive into any uh, questions, yay anime!
1: Anime, anime is wild.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, thank you for for educating me on on the anime. And uh, yeah. oh, I mean, like so we it's is we talked about it a little bit before, right before we started recording. So you studied uh, Japanese for a few years in college. Yeah, um, yeah. Did you study it because of kind of anime culture, and so that you could kind of. Well, yeah, I
1: started mostly because I watched a lot up. of Japanese anime growing up, but also because I I actually, like, respect and care about the Japanese culture in general. Um, so, reading about, like, you know, certain Jap- Japanese, like, mythos and, like, fairy tales, but also, like, culture-wise out in, like, Okinawa, what happened in World War II and stuff like that, had made me interested to learn about the people's culture. And, like, you know, there's always the joke about being a weeaboo uh, that's, like, oh, you just watch anime, and you make jokes, and you don't really speak Japanese, and, uh, like, you have, like, an anime girl pillow and stuff like that. Um, I, like, I joke around saying that I'm a weeaboo, but, like, I did learn Japanese because of anime, but I do, like, um, like, I'm going to Japan in April, so, like, that's my time to kind of, like, learn more about the culture, because my friend said, my friend Han has been there, gone for the past two years, and he's, like, you gotta come with me this year when I go, like, there's a lot more to the, like, to the culture of Japan than, like, just anime and i was like right when yeah yeah okay yeah awesome yeah
0: awesome.
1: yeah so we're gonna go to japan in april for the cherry Blossom festival and stuff and like just kind of go around japan like i know we're gonna stay in tokyo but we're traveling to like okinawa kyoto and taking like a ferry and boat and around like the whole country <laughs> awesome
0: very exciting yeah yeah maybe you will find your waifu Baby dudes. Right? For that, life, or, for life. or is that, am I completely, did I completely mess that up?
1: No, no, you got it, you got it. Waifu for life. Who? Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, could, yeah. You and your husbandos of Genji. Um, <laughs> great. Uh, well, thank you again for for kind of giving me the download on anime, and I'll, I'll certainly try to find time to check some of these things out. Um, Definitely do. All right. Topic four. Trove topics is where people kind of write in and uh, and shoot questions for to be part of the show Um, in theory using the hashtag trove topics, but I've yet to have anybody do that in in the last few weeks. So whatever. Um, So the first question that came up um, uh, From Brandon Gann asks uh, with the negative negativity Bethesda is getting for their review copy policy. Uh, should Rockstar face the same criticism for showing Red Dead Redemption Two a year out for pre-order purposes? Um, I wrote a big old thing on on Bethesda's um, uh, policy of now only putting games out there like a day before uh, release. Um, but I'm curious what your kind of take on the whole that whole conversation is, Danny.
1: Um, from like a gameplay wise like as a gamer wise game gamer view wise, it's kind of just like a well, I guess we have to figure out for ourselves if we're going to like it or not. But it, it is, like, important for the, like... I think it's important for a review to get an early copy kind of just to kind of, like... A lot of people give reviewers negativity where it's like, oh, if they give it a bad review, it's like, well, they just didn't like the game and they're a shitty reviewer. Or if they give it a great score, it's like, oh, they're a fanboy, so that's why they gave it a great score and stuff like that, where it's like... It seems like on the internet, there's never really a middle ground for someone how someone reviews a game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... Um, or what the point system is on the website. Uh, but I think it's what Bethesda wants to do is like, it's kind of dumb. Like if you if you want your game to kind of get more PR, like let reviewers get it. And I get that they're trying to like, oh no, we want YouTubers and Twitchers, Twitch streamers to like, you know, pr- promote our game. And this idea like, oh, a lot of people are saying like, oh, they're Bethesda. They have a big head about themselves because they're Bethesda. So now people are like, no matter what we put, you're going to buy it. Partially, it's true. It's the same thing like, you know, Every year Ubisoft put out—they—they they, not this year, but every year they put out Assassin's Creed because he strips it. We put them out every year because you keep buying it. Yep. And so, you know, Bethesda will learn from this if they like. Obviously, Skyrim Remaster is doing fine. Yeah, I don't think anyone has any issues with it. But we'll find out with Dishonored Two what happens.
0: Yeah, the the one of the big things that I kind of touched on was um, uh, like. I'm and uh, it, like the the thing that I've kind of brought up that I don't think I've seen a lot of other people really touch on is that this is the second ballsy move that they've like the the second kind of like passive aggressive fuck you that they've done in the last couple months the first one being um, when they announced that like Sony was being problematic and that's why they weren't getting mod support for Fallout 4 or, or that Skyrim yeah won. like that was a total like shit move on behalf of them and so this is them doing the same thing kind of shooting the shooting across the at the, uh, the reviewers, which as I touched on, like, yeah, they don't, they don't have any, um, they don't have, they don't owe the reviewers anything. Uh, and I'm sure that like, they've gone through and run the numbers and said, well, you know, uh, reviews can probably like reviews hurt us more than they help us in terms of sales. If they, so if they can kind of, postpone when the reviews come out until after the big push the big like opening weekend of the game uh pre-order push has has come through um why like it's in their best interest to go ahead and do that and say yeah uh, you can you can review the game once it's out um once we've already got our money so i think yeah it's 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 kind of crappy in terms of in the context of um red dead redemption 2 kind of coming out and saying like um the game's coming out next year. Pre-order now. I said like right out the bat, with, I was like, "There's zero reason to pre-order this. Um, so don't." Uh, I yeah. I think there. I think it's two different issues. Unless I mean, like, if if Rockstar certainly follows suit and says, "Oh yeah, we're not going to give Red Dead Redemption two out until um, day one," which is possible because Two K is one of the companies that is doing that kind of um, uh, like is treating review copies like that. Um, it will certainly suck at, for the same reasons, um, but yeah, I, w- I mean, I would say it's it's dumb and weird that they're already trying to like get pre-orders for a game a year out as it always is. Um, but then you, yeah. I, I mean, like as we touched on a little bit ago, you and you and I both um, it, the the night of the the Final Fantasy event went in and pre-ordered Final Fantasy 15 Collector's Edition because sometimes we're stupid gamers like that yeah i did as uh oh yeah sorry go ahead we we as fanboys
1: are excited and we were just like sure why not
0: yeah and it's i mean like that's like i i it's it's tough because i want to say like don't pre-order but i know i'm gonna pre-order and and i'm like i pre-order in a place oftentimes as much because i just want to be able to cover and write about the game day one um when it it, like when people are looking for it uh dan stapleton put uh put a big old thing up on ign about like how ign's gonna deal with it moving forward and he included in there kind of like a graph of like this is when google searches for uh doom or one of the one of bethesda's last games came out it was like you know it peaks basically the day the game comes out that's when everybody's looking for information on that game and then yeah you know within a week it has completely fallen off to um like uh, to, to very minimal amount of, of search traffic. So you want to obviously be in there when people are having the conversation, when they're looking for kind of interest on the game. Um, but I'm like, I canceled my disorder, disordered, Dishonored pre-order to send the dumbest of stupid messages about the whole thing. Um, but in doing that, like I'm giving up getting a copy of the first Dishonored game that came with the pre-order and uh and like a ten dollar like best buy um gift card which sucks but i'm gonna go ahead and make this like take this like stance and just deal with yeah i'm not gonna get those things and i'll yeah. get the game maybe eventually maybe i'll just go through and say well okay i'll get like a used copy a few days later from games game GameStop, so bethesda isn't getting my my chunk of change there um that's kind yeah. of yeah and that's like don't be dicks bethesda <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. She was like, with the case of Red Dead, don't pre-order it. You you, you got a one minute visual looking of what the game, even if that's what the game looks like in the engine, but I doubt it. And that's visually like, don't don't waste your money pre-ordering it. Yeah. Wait till they show more, or wait till the game comes out. And yeah. Like my sense of my pre-order thing is like, I just want to go get it that night and like. At 9 o'clock when the game releases here on the West Coast, like, I just want to go get it and I already go start playing it. And it's like you said, as a reviewer, it's like I want to have something up or a video up or something like I want to write about it that next day or that night of, like, here's my first two hours with the game, you know? Um, but with the sense of, like, you know, but that's a saying a, big, a few, like, I didn't care much for Dishonored 1, so it's like I don't actually care for Dishonored 2. And so, like, with this case of Skyrim, it's like, I we already know what that game is. Sure, it'll look better. Cool. And yeah. so... Whatever future Bethesda title comes out, we'll see.
0: Yeah, that was the like the the closing line of my of my write up was basically talking about like Prey doesn't have nearly the name recognition of anything else that they've done in in recent years like Wolfenstein or Doom or Fallout or um, or Dishonored or uh, or Skyrim. Like, so Prey's yeah. gonna be the first one that they're gonna really have to be like, well, um, this kind of bit us in the ass because people are aren't gonna know that necessarily. Um, just from Bethesda's, like, um, cachet. Um, Cool. The prey prey that we're getting now from Bethesda is different than
1: the prey that we had known from 2K back in the day.
0: Right. Um, uh, So next up, we have Frank Bazzani at Irrelevant Jokes saying uh, to ask if you're hungry and if you got uh, the platinum in sound shows which he meant sound shapes. So yeah. what is this like? Cause somebody asked if he was hungry when he was on the, on, on the show. Like, what did you all do it, at the GameStop expo? Like, what is this hungry thing? Okay. What are so, we talking about? Right.
1: During, during GameStop expo, for some reason, the talks of like fast and furious came up and then the debate of like, ultimately what's the best fast and furious. And Damien said too fast, too furious, which is ultimately the worst fast and the furious movie. Yeah, and that, so,
0: that 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 feeds into a couple of uh, uh, Joey Noel asks later, Why is Too Fast, Too Furious the worst FNF movie? GCC Damien, yeah,
1: yeah, and so like there's a line in there when you first meet uh, Tyrese, uh, his character, he's like, Oh, we hungry, and so like the whole weekend they kept saying, Oh, we hungry, and so when we we're at the event, we went to go talk to Nick Scarpino and Tim Gaze and ask them, like, What is the worst? Fast and Furious, and they both said two Fast too Furious is the worst one, and, like, Jamie is still dying on that stake that that is the best one because of those lines alone, of, like, that movie has the worst writing in it. It's so dumb, and, like, the, like, I get that you meet uh, Tyrese's character, and then, like, you see Paul Walker again, but, like, the concept of, like, them driving the car under the boat and all the dialogue Tyrese gives is, like, so stupid like they steal money from the guy and he goes pockets ain't empty oh no more cuz and it's just like oh god like it's just terrible 90s like like slang and writing and so like the joke of like oh we hungry we like that is the thing that's gonna live on between our group for probably the next couple decades um and for the case of sound shapes I have not gotten the platinum that game like fucking the whatever death mode
0: yeah, there are a couple of there, there's ones one that, that I, are like fuck this.
1: <laughs> yeah, like there's this one where it's you have to get 25 of the dots, but then there's these two guys that are shooting lasers repeatedly across yep. in an X shape. So when you get the ones that like are right here in the middle or at the bottom, it's like this is sucks so hard.
0: Yep. Yeah, I, I eventually gave up on that. I was like, fuck this. Nope. <laughs> I don't have I don't have the patience for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Mario Rivera at that Mario Rivera asks uh, Power Rangers or Beetle Morphs, which we had a little back, back and forth, and obviously he meant Beetleborgs. Um yeah. Power Rangers, obviously. Right. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah, Power Rangers all the way. I was a big Beetleborgs fan growing up, but it, like Power Rangers, ultimately me like out, outranked it in my like life. It always went like it went Power Rangers, and then probably uh, VR Troopers. No, it probably went Beetleborgs afterwards then VR Troopers. And then there was – the one you talked about was like, you're one of the only people I know that watched it. <laughs>
0: the, Mist- the Knights the, of Tiernan
1: Yeah. Like, I remember that show, and I think I still have a figure from McDonald's from it. Because <laughs> I remember they sold figures and happy mills, and like I loved that shot. I was like, What the fuck happened to it?
0: It like it, like most of those died after a year or two, um, because they couldn't like they were trying to replicate Power Rangers and they couldn't. And like everybody was like, Nope, we're on the Power yeah. Rangers train, and so yeah, that was another one that, like, I mean, especially because that one was like set in like medieval times or whatever, it's like time, that's yeah, that's that that costs a little bit more to shoot on, the, on those kinds of like big castle sets and stuff like that, so like, yeah, didn't it didn't it didn't connect with audiences and it was gone but yeah, was, yeah. Uh, that was that was that was my response was like i think you're you're missing out vr troopers and mystic knights of Nano. <laughs> um cuz yeah those are just weird yeah. obscure um, obscure what, 90s shows
1: yeah fox kids uh what was your favorite set of power rangers
0: i mean i was the original mighty morphin like i didn't i didn't okay. like un- i stuck it out with like the the first movie or two so i like i probably like was what that was through like turbo or something like that, but yeah, yeah. Like Post once the movie. once they went into like especially like like once they were all like medical or like uh, like emergency vehicles or something like that. I was like, nope. This oh,
1: is and light speed, light speed rescue.
0: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? No. Um, uh, so yeah, Mighty Morgan Power Rangers. I was the OG, like watching that yeah. as as it originally aired in the states way back yeah. way back when.
1: We're breaking my I... day i stuck it out till mystic force and then i stopped watching but like now like now my nephew's into it my younger nephew and like he's like five and he's watching the new ones i'm like oh it's not that bad but i was like nothing but my favorite's is probably uh lost in space with um like it was like the right after um i think after turbo was over and like they go up to space to meet andros and all that
0: <laughs> hmm. yeah um yeah, I, w- I went back like Cause like the original, the Mighty Morphin was on, on Netflix and I went and was watching it like a year or two back. And I got through like, I didn't, I don't think I even got to Tommy coming in. So it was like very early in the first <laughs> season where I was like, Oh my God, this is so painful now. Oof.
1: Yeah. Oof. It's I can't real, cringy. It's
0: real yeah, bad I can't, I can't do it. Uh, um, uh, uh, Joey Noel asks, um, have you mailed Shauna uh, Casca- Cascarelli, right? Cascarella, Cascarella, cascarella cascarella yeah have you mailed her her shoes yet
1: no they're still here i'm just gonna give them to her at psx okay. like i did with uh just like i did with joey noel i had her shoes for like six months and then i saw her at games actually i was like here's your shoes
0: oh these are <laughs> these are some of the nintendo vans shoes i'm guessing
1: yeah yeah uh i got shauna a pair she wanted these grease skate highs and she wanted this t-shirt so i got her those okay. and she sent me the money and i just haven't mailed them and i'm like i'm gonna see you in a month
0: <laughs> yeah uh, because I think she also chimed in. uh, (laughs) Curious about that. Um, Zeiger asks, how do they do it in Tokyo?
1: (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) Besides the song from Tokyo Direct. Make you want to know how they do it in Tokyo.
0: Uh, Zeiger also asks, what's something you would tell little five-year-old Danny to prepare him for his future?
1: Uh hey dude someday you're gonna be a worship leader and you think it's gonna be the end all be all of your like career in your life but it's not it, things get better
0: from there <laughs> <laughs> things get better from being a worship leader um yeah. uh kind of in uh, in the same vein i'll, I'll hop around a sec uh if you met future danny and you could ask him one single thing about your future what would you ask that's again from Zeiger
1: do we make the animation studio that we always wanted to? Did we? Did we get uh, production IG to team up with uh,
0: with uh, Trigger? <laughs> and what do you hope he says? Yes, obviously.
1: Yeah, that we start an anime studio. I've always said if I had, if I could make a million dollars, I would move to Japan and start my own anime studio and hire people from two of my favorite production teams.
0: Nice. Um uh ziger continues to ask because he does this every week uh in the past year what has what have been some of your more memorable me- experiences
1: uh i would say everything with you guys like between like kind of funny live psx house party uh GameStop Xbox, just like becoming closer with all of you guys and building these relationships and like how much we talk like through twitter through text messages through the facebook group and just like getting to know each other better and like like being an SF last week for a house party and then like driving by the conference and then seeing them like Trevor, like <laughs> stuff like that. Those are memories. Those are so funny. Like we're going to remember these for <laughs> the longest time. And like yeah. seeing like uh, Joey posted a picture of like uh, Barb Dunkelman from Rooster Teeth, like talking about how she met these people 10 years ago at a Rooster Teeth event and then having dinner. It's like, what does that look like for us in five years, five to 10 years? Like all of us meeting up somewhere, just not even for an event, just to grab dinner, like as a giant family together.
0: Yeah. That's uh, I I gave uh, I give Nikki crap for that because I was like, that's that was what your wedding was supposed to be, Nikki. Uh, and then she's yeah. like, yeah, but we gotta invite like, family and stuff. So I'm like, yeah, but like we're the real family. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely. Like I I in in the same vein, like all the all the kind of funny community event stuff that that we've done has been certainly the highlight. And I I again like when I'm talking to people about going to these events. I'm basically telling them like, Oh yeah, I'm going to either see or meet my best friends. Even if I yeah. like for people that like, like, um, uh, Brandon who asked, asked a question earlier, like I've never met him. Um, he got in touch with me after, after kind of funny Live two, And like, already we're like, we're looking forward to finally meeting a kind of funny Live three. And, uh, and cause we're already like, we're already friends through this community. Um, and that's very much how like so much of this, this, this last year has been, is, is going to those things, meeting people, seeing people, hanging out with people. Like, yeah, especially, especially like after that first kind of funny live and then the house party the last year, like right after it, um, going and, and kind of getting to, um, like see people and be like, oh, like we met last time and now we're hanging out and going and grabbing like lunch together or, and then like, PSX and secret ramen stuff like that. Where like, yeah. yes, I'm still meeting people, but I'm also getting to see the friends that I've made at previous events every time. Um, and yeah, like uh, like us again grabbing ramen last week uh, for yeah. at the IGN thing. Um, like yeah, I, I definitely cherish those kinds of like memories because I don't hang out with a lot of people here um, in Phoenix. Um, and and like yeah, most of my realistic best friends now are people that i see two or three times a year and otherwise we like just hang out on the internet and occasionally talk on big old long podcasts so yeah yeah
1: and it's, it's something like, that. like when i went to arizona for the final fantasy concert i knew you were going to be there and we got beers after but then the next day like we all met up for lunch with like yep. cameron and frank and everybody too so it's like something like that we've had these relationships from these events and now if we go to each other's cities like we're gonna plan to see each other and hang out so
0: yeah absolutely yeah like if, if i'm in vegas anytime soon okay. i'll be like all right well I, I guess you probably won't be in vegas anytime soon anyway right like you're still you're still planning on a on yeah. a move sometime soon
1: yeah in may yeah. but in the meantime
0: yeah in the meantime. all right all right if i if i come for like a big old bender in the next you know uh, six months then uh, you then have I'll
1: you have a you have a place to sleep and like someone to take you out
0: <laughs> yay um uh uh zeiger last question from zeiger uh is there something that you haven't done yet and you want to do within the next year if so what
1: um so there's what i haven't done but i'm working on it right now you're gonna get the scoops is uh i want to get back into youtube and i have been writing every day with because of you and alex and i have a bunch of stuff written now that's saved up where now i'm like looking at like well why don't i just instead of posting it making an audio post and i'm looking. To make a youtube channel and i kind of have some ideas like i there was one that I had me called danny diatribe but then i was like oh, a diatribe seems like more of like me going on like being on tangents about stuff and maybe tearing something downwards like now sounds I'm like you kind of copying the Paul alliteration
0: thing that i've got going on
1: yeah yeah i'm looking more at like uh discussions with danny or like decisions with danny where it's like hey decisions with danny should you buy titanfall 2 and like i break down why you should or why you shouldn't or like should you start this anime this season. Or this new movie is coming out. Should you go see this movie? And like, they're like a review discussion type of thing.
0: Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I look. I look forward to, to whenever that. Whenever that hits. Yeah. Um, Cause yeah, I'm, like I'm super glad or super excited for you for doing the the writing thing. Um, what are you up to now? How many days are we at?
1: Um, ninety six.
0: So, nice. Yeah. I hit. Yeah, I yeah. hit a year. Or I hit. I hit because we're in a leap year. I hit the the day that this goes out, uh, the 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 day that by the time this part is out, I'm I've already passed a year. But when part one of this episode hits on Halloween, that'll be 365 days, and then like November first is when I started. Yeah. Um. So that's that's the year because Alex stupidly yeah. had to start doing this on a leap year where 365 wasn't our one year anniversary <laughs> jerk. That's um. Uh, Can you so, believe how you know,
1: time like how fast time has flown since like you've started writing like today when i like started doing some writing at work because i uh, i do it on my phone now as i as i go Mm -hmm. and like i look at the day and i'm like oh i can't believe like it's day 96 like it doesn't seem like it's been that long because i started back on june 9th on my birthday
0: (laughs) yeah it definitely um i definitely hit those uh hit those moments of like wow i can't like i was looking um just like at randomly i've been keeping a tally of like all the games i've played this year and, and all the ones i've reviewed and stuff and uh, i was looking i've played 75 games this year in 2016 alone reviewed almost 40 of them i think um, and so it's like holy shit i've done like i've i've been busy this year it's been a busy year and i'm and writing every day and and now doing the show and and work and travel and all that stuff so it's yeah it's certainly um, certainly surreal at times but then there are definitely times just to kind of give you the the warning and the heads up where you might you might get in there and just be like, I don't know what the hell to write about today. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know
1: what it's, to – there have been moments for me like that right now. It's like I've kind of – I haven't hit a wall, but I'm like, what am I going to talk about or what am I going to write about? So I've been doing these things of like comparisons of like animes to movies or to games or like – One of the pieces I'm really working on that's a big one right now that I want to post on probably on Rational Passions I've talked about, about is – um. Uh narrative driven games versus gameplay games, where it's like Overwatch doesn't have this narrative. Overwatch is just a competitive shooter, but the story is told by the gameplay and by the characters versus a game like the Uncharted where there's a narrative, there's a story. Yeah. The idea of like a game being worth sixty dollars and where does it fall on that? Where it's like people are saying like uh star wars battlefront it shouldn't be worth sixty dollars because it's just a multiplayer shooter and stuff like that um so it's like where do where do we fall in this line of like narr- narrative matters versus sixty dollars being a narrative game versus six dollars being a non-narrative game
0: mm-hmm. okay yeah very cool interesting yeah. um so you're looking to get this this uh this youtube channel thing going um any idea of like when you might be trying to to actually hit that off and uh or-
1: I'm looking towards probably January right now. I'm working on getting better camera equipment and then – because I was going to do a tripod through my iPad, but then it wasn't doing what I needed it to do. So I was like I might actually just invest in like a DSLR video camera from uh, my sister and then building a green screen or getting a green screen for it.
0: Cool. Just paint Just paint when your walls green. There you go. That's all you need.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: or, or, uh, or blue or whatever. And then like
1: buying like lighting equipment and stuff for it too.
0: Yeah, it's, that's, that's been like the slow kind of journey for me is like, well, like, I got the editing software. And for now, I'm fine with this weird, like, blue on me just because of the my my apartments natural lighting. And, and what you're basically seeing is my kitchen off screen is a light blue. And so you're seeing like that reflected on my face. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I could like, I, like, I took theater, I can go and get lighting equipment and stuff, but I'm also in a crappy little 500 foot studio apartment. So maybe I'll just wait until I'm in a larger place or if I'm even in like Phoenix for another, you know, six months or if I'm, if I end up moving elsewhere, um, maybe I can invest at that time. Um, Yeah. So I'm like this, this is a, a, a basic setup where I don't need like super high production value yet. I'm not like, for, for just the standard podcast, I'm fine doing that. But if I were to get more into, and I, and I hope to get more into like editing videos, maybe not in the, in the vein of like Barrett's B list or Alex talks uh, that Alex is doing. Yeah. Um, but like, I, I, so if I end up doing that, yeah, I might go ahead and like try and invest in something else um, uh, and, and play around with that as, as it is like investing in Adobe was like, okay, will I'll, I'll at least do that to force myself to actually sit down and learn how to edit stuff and put together um, videos and audios and, and clip stuff out. And, and so I've still got yeah, a lot I can play it's... around with there um, that are kind of my next steps. So yeah. Um, and, like
1: my idea is like for me is when I do is like kind of have a green screen have premiere. So I can have like either video game footage or movie footage behind me. And like we stand there like in the way of like he stands in the front of kind of Alex talks, but like more of like a, this, you're seeing the gameplay that I've played or the movie that I saw I'm discussing things about
0: it. Awesome Um, yeah so that's kind of where I think that kind of answer is me my answer to the question too is is trying to just do more with this uh, more more video content as as I've kind of been touching on yeah Um, Yeah. and yeah I hit I I hit I hit a year next week so that's exciting in the in the yay (laughs) Um, (laughs) great Uh, uh, thank you uh, for everything Danny that's that rounds out uh, the trove topics um, I completely realized we forgot to do this at the beginning of the show. So I'm so sorry uh, for that. Um, where would people from the internet know you from? You said you you're on a, on a podcast with Steven. Um, what, yeah. uh, what else are you doing out there? You're at, at Stoked uh, Danny on, on Twitter.
1: Yeah. So the funny part is like, I used to have a thing called um, XP share podcast and that kind of ended because of uh, members not really feeling it anymore, kind of growing out of it. And so I was like, I was thinking about bringing that back, but now I'm like, oh, I kind of want to do something different and that's where Danny discussions is coming through. So that's the big one for next year. Um, but honestly, like I tell our group friends, like I feel like I'm the Anthony Carboni of our friends where it's like, I don't really have a thing. I just go into people's things and make myself known and go to events. And be like, Hey, this is me. This is where you know me from at events or on this podcast, or I made a appearance here, or I wrote something here. And so like, That's like my kind of joke thing or my, my gig thing. Um, But honestly, just Twitter, you'll find everything I do there. If I make an appearance on a show like this or rational passions or some random podcast or um, the weekly podcast I do called the red illustrious magic with uh, Steven Santana uh, from dual shockers, I'll post like our podcast for the week on there and stuff.
0: Cool. Well, thank you again for, for being on Danny. Um, Always a pleasure uh, getting to catch up with you. And, uh, and thank you for enlightening me on, on your gaming history and, and Metal Gear Solid 3 and, uh, and anime. Yay, anime. yeah anime. <laughs> All right. Um, until next time, uh, or uh, I guess I should, I should plug my shit too. Uh, I guess if I'm doing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, Snarky Starky on Twitter. Uh, you can follow the podcast at Trove Talk on Twitter. Um, you can follow whatever I've been working on writing uh, on, uh, on uh, The as, as this is airing, last week I had like a week-long run of VR coverage, talking about some of the VR games that I've been playing. Um, and probably, especially by the time this piece is going live, uh, I'll have probably put up um, the, the big like one-year anniversary celebration piece that I'm working on. Um, and we'll hopefully be finishing up probably tomorrow, um, as as we record. Um, so yeah, keep uh, keep on treasuring your friends in the trove. I don't know. I, I'm still working on on closing tag. Brandon sent me a closing tag. I forgot to like pull it aside and and look at it and try and work with it. So um, yeah. I'll I'll do that again, Brandon. Sorry. Um, until next time. Insert closing tag here. <laughs>